This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, and alongside me, as always, is Ricky Whitmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And it's a special edition. 13 people were clamoring in the comments of our <laughs> lottery predictions that we put out Friday or Saturday. I think it popped up on Saturday on YouTube. Yeah. And they wanted the live motto that I mentioned in the, like, 25th minute of the 27th minute of that video. Love the long listen. So we are going to bring you the live lotto and subsequent mock draft. We are pretty much a week week away from, I think it'll be a week uh, when this video posts, a week away from the actual lottery of the NBA draft. So we're going to bring you our own version of it today. But before we do that, we're going to check out some housekeeping. Check out patreon.com slash Podcast if you want to help support us in any single way. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, give us five stars. The Onside Kick, the Fast Break Podcast, the Primetime Podcast, and the Rick and Johnny Podcast. And if you're on YouTube, head out and check the Outcast. They just did a great new episode. You want to go check that out on YouTube. Also, go to mostvalopodcast.com, not only for the shirts, but also Ricky wrote an article. He uh, also knows how to write and type about the five possible trades for Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs I to try, explore. I try my bestest. I try mm. my bestest. And I think that's about it. So we can get into <laughs> the fun stuff. I got my grandma's bingo roller. Mm-hmm. I got 14 ping pong balls labeled 1 through 14. And boys and everybody out there, this is how it's going to work. And this is true to the NBA lottery. Yep. I did yep. a ton of stuttering, studying and stuttering this whole podcast. Uh, we, studying. Know, we know our lotto is not rigged. Yes. yes. Ours none is not of, rigged. None of the ping pong balls have been doctored. <laughs> none of them are weighted. No sticky envelopes. No. Nothing. This is this is true form unless there's some weird Anderson old magic uh, mm-hmm. from the basement that this uh, thing's <laughs> been in. Uh, but this is how it's going to work. This is true to form to the NBA lottery. There are 1,000 combinations that we are using. 25%. We're going to flash up the uh, the, the mm-hmm. percentages now for every single team. So we're going to pick the number one pick first through the combinations of these ping pong balls that are labeled 1 through 14. So there's 14 ping pong balls in here. They're labeled 1 through 14. And there are 1,000 unique combinations that those numbers drawn in a four Four uh, four sequ- four numbered sequence that can come out. There you go. This is you so confusing. Uh, four numbered sequence uh, that will come out, and then that sequence uh, is on a spreadsheet. It's also it correlates to a number. Uh, so pretty much the basic way to explain it is uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, if that comes out of the lotto bin here, mm-hmm. that is correspondent to one. So then we'll look in the spreadsheet under every single team and see who has the number one. So the Suns have two hundred and fifty combinations under their name. The Memphis Grizzlies have 199 combinations under the name, and so on and so forth. So if the Suns end up having one underneath it, they will get the uh, the number one overall pick because balls one, two, three, four came out. Mm-hmm. We'll explain it, we'll show it, uh, and hopefully it makes a little more sense. Now here's my only question, and mm-hmm. this is for that for you about what we're going to reveal while you're doing it. I'm on the spreadsheet, kind of putting together what the order will be. Do you want us to reveal, like, let's say the first team goes, all right, the Suns have the first pick, or what I'm thinking, let's just wait until after we draw everything no. and then give the full. No, no, no. you can't. Let, let's you can't. let them wait, no. man. We got it. We, we're going to do a true lotto style. When when you see lottery numbers on, you know, the the 9 p.m. Yeah, news the or NBA whatever, lottery, you, know, lottery. you know the whole you don't order. Know. You know that's the whole true. order. That, no, that's so boring. That's a that's a boring thing <laughs> with Tatum and all that stuff. And or it used to be silver. We're going to do it. I, I rather, I rather once, just reveal no. the whole thing. Once we know, we know. All right? That's all how right. it's going to work. That's yeah. how it's going to work. We're, you're, not go, you're, not going to product. Product. Mm-hmm. you're not going to the product. You're not going to the product. Yeah, this isn't a TV product. We got People want to know. 
All right, so this is how it's going to start. We're going to mix for 20 seconds, and then I'm going to pull out a, a, a ball, and that's going to give us one of the numbers of the four numbers that we're pulling out for the number one Good pick. Good thing we got the guy with the most experience with balls handling them. Nice. I'm, ig- one of those there. I'm ignoring nice. that one. I don't know if this is 20 seconds because the computer's going a little bit slow right now, so we're just going to hope that How it turns out to be 20 slow? seconds. It's been acting up a little bit. You know? Thank you for saying nice, by the way. <laughs> Gotta give props when they're due. Nice. All right. I'm sure our fans just love hearing this noise. <laughs> First ball was about to be drawn. Oh, I'm, no. I'm going to let it come out. That's oh, what yeah. You said. Let it come there out it on its own. And weirdly enough, First number is number one. Mm. So one is the first part of the key, the combination that is going to produce I've got, I've got the number one ready. overall pick. You got the ones ready, Dave? Yep. And again, they don't have to come out in this, this exact order. So mm-hmm. uh, any any combination, it doesn't. if it comes out one, five, six, uh, three, it's the same as one, three, five, six. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so the... The, it's the, a numerical value. It's not in picked value. The numbers are what matter, not the oh. uh, order. Ball two. Ball two is number 12. Oh, man. So still out there. Yep. Numbers two, three. It's fun because we can't four, see anything. Five. I just see the back of the six, monitor. Seven. Well, I can see eight, everything. Oh, okay. Nine, <laughs> ten, eleven. They can also 13, see everything unless they're listening on so literally it's just an audio. Yeah, but the good, stand but up the good right thing now. about the audio is people can still hear where we're going. All right, ball number three is yeah. out and rolling around, and it is number nine. Number nine. So so far we have numbers one, twelve, mm-hmm. and nine. One more Ooh, number, we're so close, and that will give us the combination for the number one overall pick. And I swear to God, if it's the Chicago Bulls, this is gonna look so rich. Please be yeah. so Chicago Bulls. Come on, could it go. be the Bulls? I don't even know. Here we go. Oh man, now I'm jacked. I'm juiced. He's juiced. Final one. <laughs> juiced. Oh, up, uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. Give it a wiggle. There it is. Collusion. What do we got? Final ball. Number four. All right, all right. So see what that corresponds to? 1, 4, 9, 12. 1, 4, 9, and 12. That is 154? That is 154, and that correlates to which team, David? Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks yep. are going to be picking number one overall wow. in our upcoming mock draft <laughs> in about 30 minutes. Maybe not. We'll probably get that done minutes. a little bit quicker. I mean, yeah, probably, probably 15. But yeah, still, that's amazing. Wow. Dallas gets to move up to one. Damn. I can't tell you the last time that Dallas Phoenix, picked number one overall. So you guys Phoenix might want to look that up. Phoenix uh, Suns moving down. You think the Suns get the four? They get bounced out the Sun, completely? That, that's in Suns fashion. Damn. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Dallas. Ricky, you want, you want to guess at the Suns? Well, I'm sorry. Here's oh, the Dallas' last gonna be number one. Their last number one? When was Dallas' last number one pick? It wasn't Had Dirk, they, was it? it was, was it Mark Aguirre? I don't know. I think know. it was Mark Aguirre. No, it wasn't Dirk. Dirk get, was get 10. Rolling. Dirk, Dirk was 10. He was yeah, picked Dirk by the Bucks and they I'm looking up their draft. Yeah. Did you say Mark McGuire? Aguirre? Mark Aguirre. Oh, okay. I'm like, Mark Jesus. McGuire was baseball. Um, anyways, wow. um, so all the balls go back in here. Yep. We're doing it same over again. Hopefully we don't get the numbers 1, uh, one 4, 9, and nine, 12. 12 yep. And hopefully the Mavericks don't win again. Oh, my God. That would be uncomfortable. Because so then we just it extend it longer. Yeah. You guys can have more ball rolling fun with us. All right. Here's the first number. First number. I don't think they've ever had the oh, number one Jesus. pick. There you go. Uh-oh. Sean, po- right, Sean oh. screwed the pooch. Sean was right. Mark McGuire. 1981. There you go. Told you. Okay. You got a new number. Is that one? Right. Collusion. Yeah, he, he, he dropped Collusion. a couple balls. There we Collusion. go. Collusion. Sean's just too many balls. First Collusion. number for pick number two. Pick two. 
is 11. Collusion. Oh, wow. That, that's going to be a good one. And again, the combination 11, 12, and 13, and 14. So 11, 12, 13, 14 is not a combination mm-hmm. used. So the numbers 1 through 14 produce yeah. 1,001 unique combinations. They only use 1,000 combinations. So 11, 12, 13, 14 is not used. And I had to figure out the so hard Sean way. So Sean gets 11, 12, 13. And then we just have to hope. It doesn't come out 14. Yep. And hopefully it's not a Maverick number as well. <laughs> That'd be Here's great. The next one. Oh, Jesus. What? what uh, uh, oh, oh. There we go. He did it. One popped out. He did it. Number three. three. So 11 and three Ooh. are two of the four combinations. So far, so good. God. What if it was like Maverick combination, Maverick combination, Maverick combination, and we just had to keep doing it? I'd say. And like we go for, through all the Maverick combinations. In like Dallas, if you've got like the lotto, like pick four, like we gave you your numbers already. Yeah. What? Roll with those. <laughs> yeah, Roll seriously. with those. Here's the next one. Third part of this key. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Sean. God damn it. Collusion. Sean. Shut up, Ricky. <laughs> God, it's so much pressure. This is an antique. Balls are just so slippery. <laughs> ah, I bought it from Kohl's. It was $7. Oh, man. This My is grandma great. still left the tag on it. All right. Oh, there we go. Number seven. Okay. Oh, yeah. We Number got a three, seven. A seven, and a lot. We got 7 Eleven going. <laughs> and this podcast is brought to you by Franklin Ping Pong Balls that I bought at Walgreens. Uh, Walgreens? Ping we, pong they're balls, not right? an actual sponsor. <laughs> I know. Cool it. Franklin, if you want to sponsor us, do it. I'll be honest. If we got some ping pong balls, I'd use them. You guys ready? Yeah. For what? Play ping pong ball. All right, okay. all right, cool it. We're, we're about to pick the number two overall okay. pick when I'm about to talk ping pong balls. I'm just saying, like, Franklin's <laughs> so, not a bad brand. 11, 3, and 7. I got you. The fourth one coming out. <laughs> Don't be too rough with it, Sean. Come on, Sean. Don't go. choke. Got it. 14. 11, 3, 7, and 14. 6, 3, 3. Gives a 6, 3, 3, which correlates to which team, David Oh, Oster? it's back. It's back. It's the Orlando Magic. Magic. It's the Orlando Magic. <laughs> so the Orlando Magic uh. are going to be selecting second. Overall, yeah, in our like live that. lottery, thank God it wasn't the Mavericks. And Suns why are you fan- saying oh? Because I don't want the, the magic. magic. I don't want the Magic to have a top three Jesus. pick. Guys, I, I literally I, comment- I, I'm happy for that. I just commented on a video saying we hate mm. no team, city, yeah. or state. Now oh, you're like, oh, well, we got the Magic. I don't hate the Magic. I just didn't want okay. to have number two pick because I want the Bulls to have it. I'm not getting too spoilery here, but I wanted the Magic to get Trey Young. Well, At number two, it's unlikely. But now, they could get our boy, now potential, our, Dave. Our boy Vagberg, you could still pick him to go to the Magic, mm-hmm. too. Our boy Vagberg on uh, Twitter, and yeah. he's, he's been a long-time fan. Traded uh, for Kawhi. Matt, he's a massive Luka Doncic <laughs> fan, so this uh-huh. puts him in the run. All right, be good. First number out. I think it's 11 again. Ooh, it's 12. Ooh. Oh, we got, we got late. 12. So this is for the third whiskey. pick. We're also doing, again, how the lottery works is they do the first three picks through the lotto, mm-hmm. yep. and then it goes by order. So yep. if the Suns aren't picked here, they're going fourth. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate for the Suns. They got Suns. They got Suns. Again. They got yeah. Suns again. Seriously, like, how bad do you feel if you're the Suns? Like, you still, you can still get a big man at four. Yeah, but It's seriously. either like, what, Bamba Jackson? How many four? years Whoop. have they missed the one? Every single one of them. Next okay. number. Seven. Ooh. Seven. Twelve and seven are the first first two numbers for all third right, all pick. All right, all right, How many years have they just missed out on the one pick? I mean, come on. It's getting I don't, know I don't the think they've, they've ever had they've it. Never they've never one. had it. they never got one. They've never had it. That's how it's frustrating. I mean, but they've been, the early, mag- they've been early in the lotto a lot, The though. Magic had, like, had really good lotto luck. 92-93, uh, they had back-to-back number one overall picks. Yeah. Next number. 
13. Whoa, Popped we're out. late. I saw that one clean. So 12, 7, and, and 13. 13. Wow. Some good good numbers over there, Sean. This is going to be fun. This is going to start a tradition. And we're going to see what we need to improve. So get us any improvements. And the last time the Magic had the number two pick, Victor Oladipo. That worked out great for the Magic. (laughs) Wait, no, it didn't. It worked out great for the Pacers. All right. Final ball, and I can finally put this freaking thing away. Unless it's the Magic or the the Mavericks. Mavericks. I just want to keep it rattling the whole show. (laughs) Just keep it background noise. So 12, (laughs) 7, and 13. 13. I'm ready. Are the first numbers. Give me that number. Mm-hmm. Final number. Give me that number. Oh, there's two popped oh, out. Sean, Sean just choking oh, on balls. Four and six. <laughs> Four and six were the numbers that popped out. Can we give it a I know what you were doing there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear. There was no like. I got you. There's no like easing that one in. Sean. <laughs> choking Sean on not... balls. It's, a, it's pretty clear, Rick. <laughs> Sean does not juggle not... balls well. Uh... I'm not a good ball handler. Jesus. <laughs> A four and three popped out. Do you need an adult over there? Yes, he does. I am now he's getting aggressive with it, and I don't know if it's if that affects it. It, it might. Doesn't. It doesn't. There it is. It's oh. a, it's it's on the What's dismount. The number? number nine. Seven. So nine. Seven, nine, twelve, and thirteen? Yeah. Nine fifty-four. Nine fifty-four. Nine fifty-four correlates to Oh man. The magic. It's yeah. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. God damn it. What's funny is column M is magic. Jesus M for magic. So the magic are really lucky in the lottery. Yeah. We're going to do this one really quick. We got to go for the third pick. No, you got to make it for 20 seconds. No. Give me 20 seconds on the clock. No. Sean is done. All right, there we go. You put a 20 up on Sean the clock. Sean is done. First number, four. Sean I swear is, to God. Sean is average. over this already. We're going to need some editing here. Uh, next one. Number 12. Next one. Number one. Oh, we got a one on the board. I swear to God, if this is the fucking Maverick again. <laughs> or the Maverick. No, Mavericks. The Mavericks, it's true. One, four, blank, 12. Final one. Nine. One, four, nine, 12. One, four, nine, 12 are the winning lottery numbers. But a third is overall 154 pick. 154 again? No, it's not. It is 154. Fuck! Was that the Magic again? No, it was the Mavericks. God yeah. damn it. Are you serious? <laughs> this lotto is rigged. <laughs> At this point, Sean just wants to rig it. No, All right, here no, we go. Let's Screw get the, the Bulls, get the three. No, seven. I, I was swear to God, if the Bulls were the number one pick, I was I was planning on falling out of my chair. Oh, okay. Because that's never been done on a podcast. I was waiting for the restart. That would have been needed for the dramatic effect. I was waiting for the walk-off or the restart. There we go. Next ball. One, so seven and one. You might be asking too. There's uh, for the smaller balls that are typically in here. There's mm-hmm. like a little dumper, but yeah. it doesn't fit. So seven and one, right? Mm-hmm. So you one. put the the balls come out of the dumper. Right, fucking Jesus Christ! There's so much swearing on this podcast. <laughs> I don't but think I it's swearing. It's just... Balls loose. Ball on the floor. That? Is that three? It's a ten. Oh, it's a ten. Your handwriting's atrocious. Did you try writing on a ping pong ball? I have. This is 17 well. minutes of this noise. <laughs> All right, final ball. Our fans just love us. If, they if do. Still they do right love now. us. Final ball, 11. Oh, 11. So 7, 11. What is that? 10? 242. And 1. 242. 242 is the number. Let's look that L. up. It's the Hawks. It's the Hawks. So the Suns get Sunsed. Sons so we have the sons. Mavericks. Let's do it. The Magic. The Hawks. And the Hawks. As your one, two, three lotto, 
which means the Suns will be picking four at five. That will put the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies get knocked out of the top three as well. Then the uh, I think it goes then the the Bulls, the Kings, the Knicks, no the Cavs, the Knicks. Um, Bulls, Kings, Cavs, Knicks, right? Bulls, Kings, Cavs, Bulls, Knicks, Kings, Cavs. Then we've Knicks. got the Knicks. Knicks, Sixers, Hornets. Knicks, Sixers, Hornets. Sixers do keep their pick. Um, yep. and the, not between the, two through five. Does not convey to the Celtics. And the Clippers will and keep the Pistons pick. It'll be Clipper, Clipper, Nugget. Clipper, Clipper, Nugget. All right. So um, we should probably no. We'll, we'll run through. We still got a, a couple uh, uh, minutes left on the audio recording. Uh, so surprises though here. The the order for our mock draft that's coming up. Number one, the Mavericks will be picking. Number Jeez. two, the Orlando Magic. Number three, the Atlanta Hawks. Number four, the Phoenix Suns. Number five, the Memphis Grizzlies. Number six, the Chicago Bulls. Number seven, the Sacramento Kings. Number eight, via the Brooklyn Nets, the Cleveland Cavaliers will be picking. Then number nine, the New York Knicks will be selecting. At number 10, the Philadelphia 76ers via the Los Angeles Lakers. Then at 11, the Charlotte Hornets. Then at 12, via the Detroit Pistons, who just fired Stan Van Gundy. Yep. The Los Angeles Clippers will be picking, and that was via the Blake Griffin trade. Then at 13, the Los Angeles Clippers will be picking with their own pick. And then finally, at 14, the Denver Nuggets will be selecting. So really, all our lottery did was have the teams at 3, 4, and 5 jump, up. jump 1 and 2, yep. and then the Magic jump the Hawks. Yeah. Congrats, Magic. So there we well, go. I think congrats, Mavericks. I got the oh, Mavericks, pick. absolutely. So y- y'all wanted this, and we were going <laughs> to give it to you. And now it's time for the fun part. We're going to do the mock draft based off this lottery. Um, how we're going to do it, we're going to do it different than we usually do it. We're just going to go all at the first time. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm going to go to Ricky first for the number one pick. Then Dave's going to go with the number one pick. And I'm going to go with the number one pick. I don't know about the, how the graphics are going to work, but this we're going to do it. This is intense, because it's live. So, via the lottery, the Dallas Mavericks will be picking First, overall, for the first time since 1981, when they selected Mark Aguirre, Ricky Widmer, the number one overall pick. Who did the Dallas Mavericks select? DeAndre Ayton. Center, Arizona. Well, power well, forward, well, center, he wants whatever. Power, whatever. Uh, David Oster, for the first time since 1981. The Dallas Mavericks are selecting number one overall. Mark Cuban, and the Mavericks really select. Sounds terrible in the headphones. No, it's it's DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton, power forward center out of Arizona. Arizona. And the Mavericks at number one overall. Uh, funny, I wanted to bring this up. The Mavericks got yelled at for tanking or because or Cuban came out and said they're yes. tanking. So now this looks They're getting big, rewarded. Yeah, it's kind of a, along Ricky's idea of, hey, stop tanking or stop saying you're tanking and we'll give you the number one overall pick. Uh, could happen. The league could do that. Number one. Let's go DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Uh, consensus off the boards. Uh, for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, they're hey, gonna take quick, quick the big man. Ahead, Ricky. Big, we gotta hold up. They're gonna go with the big man from Arizona. So let's talk about the decision made here because right now they just selected Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. in the last draft. Dirk's still kicking around. Nerlens and all flopped a little bit. They still have Harrison Barnes' contract there. They still have Wesley Matthews' contract there. Why go with DeAndre Ayton for the Mavs, Dave? He is something special. To be 100% honest with you, we haven't seen somebody with his body, his speed, his athleticism in quite some time. I think that what he brings them is the perfect pair to Dennis Smith. You have a point guard who is dynamic, aggressive, and explosive, and him plus DeAndre Ayton on the pick and roll, the pick and pop. The options it opens up for their offense is incredible. The question is defensively, is he going to try? Mm-hmm. That's always been DeAndre Ayton's question. But look, the time frame that this Mavericks team is on, 
I think it's the ideal guy to go with. Well, Ricky, and we've talked about you know the fits for the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Is this the best big man fit for them, or is this no. just the best big man? It's not the best big man fit. For me, the best big man fit is Mo Bamba. Like, when we talked Mavericks a long time ago, it seems like a long time mm-hmm. ago, Mo Bamba's the better choice because Mo Bamba's actually going to be playing center. And with DeAndre Ayton, it's one of those... Here I wasn't going to go with, oh, we're going to go with Mo Bamba because he's the better big man fit. DeAndre Ayton is the best big man in this draft right now. And it could be a situation where it's like, hey, we're going to draft you. I know you want to play power forward, but we get this. We got this guy called Dirk Nowitzki. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. So you're going to have to play the five. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they're just going to have to roll with. And it's going to be interesting to see how that works, Dave. But also, Luca's still number one on your big board. So why did they go away with, in your mind, the best player yeah. out there over a guy like DeAndre? Or how, why did they go eight and over, over your best player in Luka Doncic? Yeah, so I think for me it really comes down to fit in their offense. And while I think that Luka would be able to fit in well, I think it would be almost a little redundant to have another ball handler there. They already have Harrison Barnes. I know people don't love him. He is a above-average small forward, power forward combo. Uh, he's just a wing. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they need another ball handler. I think keeping the ball in Desmond's hands is key, and then they have Harrison Barnes as a secondary. I think that surrounding him with a lockdown at power forward slash center uh, moving forward has so much more benefit to them than adding in a secondary ball handler like Luka, who... I think he can come in and play right now, but at the same time, like I don't know that this team necessarily wants to win right now, and I'm mm-hmm. saying that in the nicest way I can. I think this is going to be a team who's going to be back in the lottery next year and probably close-ish to the top. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out because, again, I think I, I agree with Ricky that it's not the best big man fit. We've talked mm-hmm. about Mobamba fitting very well with them, uh, what he brings defensively and what he brings as a talent, being uh, at least going to college in Texas, bringing his athleticism and his length, mm-hmm. pairing that with Dennis Smith Jr. could be a real nice pair, and going off of Dennis Smith's downfalls defensively, Mobamba, you think that he could fill out and bring those, uh, you know, you'll help support what Dennis Smith brings offensively. Um, mm-hmm. And also Marvin Bagley, at least offensively. I think they'd pair really oh, nice yeah. mm-hmm. one and one one one. They could with run one another. fast breaks so well. That mm-hmm. would be disgusting. And but, for me personally, I this is also going to be a shameless yep. plug with this. Me personally, I would <laughs> feel like I'd want to take like me personally. I'd be like, we can take Mobamba number one. Mm-hmm. But but what, what would you I personally have do? to? And the reason why is I think that like right now DeAndre Ayton is the best big. I think like five years down the line, long time down the line. We're looking back at this draft and going, man, Mo Bamba was the best so why big from this draft. So Mo Bamba won. Yeah, be a man. Put if you your think name he fit, on it. If you think he because fits I there. feel like the Mavericks are going to want to. So this is what away, they would go with. Yeah, going a little bit of what Dave not was what they saying, where it's with. like, hey, you know what? We might not want to, or we we want to win now, but we might not feel like we can compete for a championship. But we need to add someone that can contribute now and not go off of someone with potential at number one especially with the I other think, bigs that are in this draft as well. I still think Aiton's top top end is higher than Bamba's. Really? Why is that? 100%. I mean, I mean, we compared Bamba's top, top end to Joel Embiid, who's one of your favorite mm-hmm. players, one of your favorite big man right yeah, now. Absolutely. So so what does Aiton bring and, and potential-wise, where does he top out? miles ahead of where he is off on, uh, ahead of Bamba offensively. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not the even close. They don't. They don't even play in the same stratosphere. Like it's not even close the offensive game that Aiton comes to the NBA with. That that's my concern is like, yes, Bamba could develop an offensive game, but DeAndre Aiton could walk in the league and give me twenty and ten. 
It's no, you this, didn't know that. You still the have the same, higher top end than Bamba. To me, it's the same conversation that we had NFL side this year with Rosen and Darnold, where DeAndre Ayton's your Josh Rosen, where it's like he can walk in right now and he can be exactly what I want. To, to me, he's not even that. Bamba and Darnold are more of that, hey, the potential is But higher. correct me if I'm wrong here, Dave. What you think yeah. is Ayton, where he is offensively, is much further than where Bamba is anywhere in his game outside of physically, where you know Bamba has a 7-6 wingspan, um, but Ayton still is more physically filled out, and he has a better offensive game that is already established. All you need to work with him is on his defense and, and making sure that he's in the def- right spot. I think I think that's the thing is is the difference between them. Like you said, it's not just defense. Period. It's effort level on defense goes a long way. If you can get him to give some effort, if he's not jaw, like you're, you're absolutely set. The difference mm-hmm. between his him putting in effort on defense versus Muhammad Bamba learning to play offense is, I think there there's a much I'll larger the, difference. I would take the second one because to me, I feel like it's easier to teach you how to do the offensive part mm-hmm. rather than you. I can't teach you how to be more aggressive on defense. I can't teach you how it's to have that aggressiveness, how to, well, to the best effort. <laughs> and that too. Well, I, can't, I can't teach you to quick, have more quick. effort. Real quick. I mean, let, 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 we talked about this mm-hmm. though with, with Joel Embiid versus Carl Anthony Towns. You and I did. Yes. I picked Cat because I thought he would be able to show more effort, show a little more defensively. We saw this year that didn't happen. He, he got slightly, he slightly he, trended slightly upwards. Slightly better. But I mean, but still, not, not nowhere jumps. near the level of Joel Embiid. Defensive player so, of the year candidate. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one thing that, again, I, I, this is more of a mock draft on what you think they will do and not yeah. should do. But mm-hmm. if you said they should do, you'd have Mo Bamba number one. I will, and it comes down to, here's the shameless plug. Go check out the Primetime Podcast where Brandon and I talked about, is Mo Bamba the best big man in this draft? And I said there that, no, he's not right now. But five years down the line, we're going to look back at this and go, man, Mo Bamba was the best big in this draft. Or he's Tyson Chandler. That's a pretty good—I mean, he's still in the Tyson, league. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying there's a big difference between the best big in this draft and Tyson Chandler. But also, I mean, look, but again— <laughs> I'm not if, throwing if he, straight at Tyson. I'm just saying. If he tops out to Carly Towns, I think Towns is better offensively than Aiton was coming in. And I think Carly Really? Ta- yeah. Because I mean, I mean, Cat didn't Cat's have the numbers flu- in college. Cat's more fluid though. Cat had Cat was more fluid, but he didn't. And Cat get was on a better team. The ball. Mm-hmm. Cat was on a better team, so he didn't right. have So that's the question: the is like it, it turns into volume versus like opportunity on the team? Because Aiton was a, a main scorer on that team, where Cat yeah. was not. Cat's numbers in college weren't like jaw dropping, shockingly impressive. They were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like. Even going into that draft, like it took uh, up until about the month before for he, till he became the obvious number one pick. Where this year, like Aiton is so far ahead of every other big in this draft. But Cat in college still showed every single thing that he's yes. showing now. I mean, he sh- he had he had great numbers from free throw line. Still showed a stroke. So I mean, the shooting is there. He still yeah. showed his fluid uh, ability offensively. Yeah, and he just didn't have really those sh- the ability to showcase his skills. Right. So I mean, we saw everything from Aiton. So it's pretty much whether you want to be in the camp of what they should go with or you know who you think the best player is. Um, I'm just with Dave. I, I think that Aiton is a safer pick because he is more developed. Mm-hmm. And yes, while he might not show that defensively, he makes up for it what he does offensively. And even though I love Mobamba, the physicals are there at least you know from wingspan, height, and at least a little bit of his athletic ability. He showed a little bit off the bounce um, this year and also running up and down the, uh, the court. But also you got to learn how to be you know 
position right defensively, which he can learn, but it's going to take a little bit of a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, foul trouble was a big concern for him. And how much is he going to be able to grow offensively? Will he be a Tyson Chandler or will he be Joel Embiid? So that's a huge question with Mo Bamba. I think it's too big of a question at number one. That's why they go DeAndre Ayton. But let's go now to the Magic at two. Again, lucky Magic. They mm-hmm. won twice in our uh, no, the, the Mavericks won twice. And in, the Magic. In a row. Yeah, the Magic. But they did. Yeah. They both did. Great. So the Mavericks <laughs> were lucky in our lotto and they've been lucky mm-hmm. uh, throughout their, their whole turn, uh, t- run as a franchise. Uh, but the Magic are picking two in our lotto. Dave. Who do you have the Orlando Magic going with here? I've got them going with Luka Doncic. So you're going away with Trey Young. Yeah, it's it's the first time in a long I wanted to give him Trey. First time I since wanted I think to give him Trey. Mock draft 1.0. You've gone away with. Uh, I, I want. I'm, I'm with, checking with one Trae Young. Right now real quick. Ricky, who do you have him going with? I got him same yeah. way. Luka Doncic. To me, it's when it comes down to it. Yes, Trey Young. I like Trey Young better. Just as like a. Not necessarily like, oh, I think he's better, just I like Trey Young. Mm-hmm. But Luca's the far better ball handler um, ranked in this draft. So it's like, take the best ball handler. You need him. Mm-hmm. Go ahead with Luca. You're right. They do need him. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you look, they traded away Alfred Payton. He wasn't even that great. That, uh, Unless you, you want know. DJ Augustine as your main point guard yeah. in the future. I mean, was, he's, he's rolling right now. Wasn't that He's not rolling right now because he hasn't <laughs> played in a month. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they haven't had a ball handler there in a while. Mm-hmm. Alfred yep. Payton wasn't great in his term there. That's why they traded him to uh, Phoenix. And you look at who they have on roster, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Evan Fournier, they would be bettered off with a ball handler. The only thing I will bring up is this will totally change after the combine. Michael Porter Jr. is on the board because I know the fit isn't really great there because, again, I think he projects to more of a four in the NBA. That's where Aaron Gordon feels more comfortable. But, again, with Jonathan Isaac's link, he could possibly play five. And with his defensive versatility, he could possibly play the five. And Michael Porter Jr. has the biggest star potential in my mind. It's true. I'm still going to have them go with Luka Doncic because we don't know what the health is on uh, Michael Porter Jr. But just throwing out that. Can't wait for that, that combine. That at least uh, possibility that Michael Porter Jr. would be a sneaky pick here for the Orlando Magic because I've been talking so much about them getting a star. But pretty much Luka, is, it, it, Luka and Aiton are the clear one-two right now. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would be super impressed if anyone leapfrogged either one of these guys. I think Luka... As much criticism he's gotten recent uh, weeks about the international tournament, um, going up against sort of NBA-quality defenders, I think that a lot of it comes down to, if you look at a box score, it may not look like his contributions are at a large scale, but if you watch the games and watch what he's doing on the floor and watch his impact, you see someone who looks like an NBA veteran, and it's actually really impressive coming out of a 19-year-old kid. I think he has such a such a heavily polished fundamental game that he can hit the NBA running and grow up a lot of the things that you need at this next level. The the, the explosive athleticism, the the first step speed that you know maybe he can get a little bit better at. Mm-hmm. And I know that's the biggest concerns right now are well if he can't get past NBA you know level athletes, how is he going to succeed at this next level? And Ricky, bringing this up, we've mm-hmm. seen consistently that the Magic have gone off of athleticism with Aaron Gordon before, Victor mm-hmm. Oladipo. They've gone with length, Jonathan Isaac, also Aaron Gordon before. Do you think they go with Luka Doncic because he is clearly right now, in, in our mind, because uh, we just said he was 1-2, the mm-hmm. best player on the board? Or do they chase after a Mo Bamba? Do they chase after a Michael Porter Jr. because of that athleticism? You know, to me, first off, before I get into the question, there's only mm-hmm. two guys that I can see 
jumping either a Doncic or an Aiton post-combine. That's Michael Porter Jr. Yep. If it shows that, hey, you know what, he's coming good off the injury. He's now 100% this, instead exactly. of 65%. He is, yeah. Like, he was the number one pick before the year. This is what we saw. Let's go ahead and take him. The only other guy I can see doing that is a guy we talked about two seconds ago, and that's Mo Bamba. The only two I could see jumping that far up. However, the Magic, I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at it and went, hey, you know what, we usually like that athletic guard. Let's go with a guy like Trey Young who can drive and dish and shoot the three. I would go Luka, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Magic did that and went, ah, we're going to go with Trey Young. Who do you think is more athletic, Colin Sexton or Trey Young? Colin Sexton, but Colin Sexton okay. is not going to go number two. Well, you said yeah. you, they want to go athletic, so you just throw out Trey Young there. I'm yeah. saying the well, more athletic guys that they could take here too. Sean, who would you have the Magic take at number two? Didn't I ever say it? No. You're, I, I don't think you did. I, I'll, yeah, I did. Because yeah, I went around. I said I went through the whole thing. I like didn't they have hear it. Aaron I Gordon. Honestly, they have Jonathan Isaac. They have Evan Fournier. They need Luka Doncic. Okay, okay. fair enough. Well, yeah. then I'm going to because that's why I asked the whole one two <laughs> yeah. thing because we have Aiton and Doncic. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to ask the. Then I'm going to say the thing I was thinking because I wasn't sure. I didn't want to jump in. Yeah, yeah. they're going to. We oh, oh, are you looking at the spreadsheet? I wrote down Luka Doncic. Yeah, too. but Ricky wrote like four picks ahead, so okay, I didn't even right. want to go there. No, I'm at two. Yeah, you yeah. were right. I was <laughs> four. I was only at we three. We fucking saw. I was only at three. Shut up. We saw you right ahead. I don't see that as a big problem. But go ahead. If the Magic go two. And the Grizzlies land at five. Mm-hmm. What, what if the Magic trade back? No. Do you, th- do you think that if they well, trade back to get a primary ball handler like Trey Young, someone mm-hmm. who can be a true point guard, who has the outside range to be dangerous, who has the best um, passing ability in this draft class, like, do you think it's out of the realm that they would pass up on someone like Luka for someone who's a true point? Depends I'm going to go to Ricky getting... first just because you said no right well, away. Well, it depends on what I'm getting from the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies are either injured or... Well, they're... let's say they give you picks. Let's say they give you capital. So you're swapping two for five. And, and then, then they give you uh, a pick the year after because they can't do two right, back-to-back. Back. Um, if, if and they... Depending on the future picks, I might, but... I would just stay there and take either. I would just stay there and take Trey or Luca at number two then. So, but but if you're having the ability to mm-hmm. to because I mean we don't know how that's going to fall out. But if you think Luke Trey Young is going to be at five and you think he's still going to be there, then why wouldn't you move down and get you the, know the extra capital and try I, to build up that team? I yeah. wouldn't take the chance, and the re- other reason being is the Suns. I'm on board with it. Our comment section's on board with it. They're going to take a big. However. If they think, hey, maybe we do need a ball handler, maybe we do need a guard, they could be a team that snatches Trey Young before I get to it. Then I traded back, could have just taken my guy at two, and now I'm sitting there kicking myself. But then if we're talking about bigs and we're talking about potential, mm-hmm. then Michael Porter Jr. could be even there. I mean, I, I know I take, a, take the guy that you want. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's what I'm going do. with. I wouldn't trade Just throwing back. it out there. I don't trade back, I'm trading up when it comes to the NBA draft. All right. It's Interesting. Gonna, it's going to be Interesting. I mean, we don't see a ton of trades at the top outside mm-hmm. of last year with the 1 3. <laughs> but I mean, we, we don't. We don't see a ton of movement one through five, and that was that wasn't even that shocking of a move because well, we knew because that because Boston we knew that, wanted JT. Yeah. No one was going to take JT. We, in the we top knew five. that Boston wanted Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. We knew that the best fit for the 76ers was Markel mm-hmm. Fultz. Yep. So why not flip flop? Yeah. We did, but that was and that wasn't super shocking that it happened. And we knew the Lakers were going to take Lonzo. the bull. The, yeah, well, yeah, Bulls trade, but that was up. top seven. I'm saying top five. Oh, okay. That, that was, was the, that was the seventh pick, and that was also for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. We also, again, we expected that. Mm-hmm. But if that came out of nowhere and that happened, we'll see what actually happens mm-hmm. after next Tuesday. Um, Feels like a magic move with the way that it lays out. I mean, 
We'll see what happens. I mean, they did trade Chris Webber back in uh, 93. Uh, but anyways, uh, Luka Doncic and DeAndre Ayton are off the board. We all had them going Ayton. Uh, the Mavericks selecting DeAndre Ayton and the Orlando Magic selecting Luka Doncic. So now we are at the Atlanta Hawks. Ricky Widmer, who do you have the Atlanta Hawks selecting at number three? So this is going to be a shocker. You ready for it? All right. Mo Bamba. Okay. Going with Mo Bamba to the Hawks. I know he could go with Bagley, could go with Triple J. I'm going with Mo Bamba, my second big off the board. David Oster, who are the Atlanta Hawks going? Are, is it so shocking that Marvin Bagley, or not, Mo Bamba is going there? It, it's not super shocking. I mean, he's, it, it comes down to personal preference. Like Most said, people were going to think Bagley or Triple J. Though. Yeah, I'm going Triple J. Um, I love Jaron Jackson Jr. I think him pairing with John Collins is a fantastic future front court. I would be thrilled to lock somebody down like Triple J who can play shutdown defense, stretch the floor to the outside, contribute, I mean, all across the board. It would have been so fucking boring if we all had the same player, and I'm glad <laughs> yeah. we disagree uh-huh. on every single level. I have them going from Duke, Marvin Bagley the third, the, third. the, the forward uh, from, from Duke. I don't know why I said that again. Uh, but looking at his athleticism, I think it's unmatched. They went athleticism and big last year with John Collins. Yep. They don't want to clog up that three spot because Torrey Prince had a really nice showing. Dennis Schroeder's already at the one, so they're not going to go with a Trey Young. And I know that Marvin Bagley, we don't really know his position, but John Collins showed that not only is super athletic uh, within 15 feet, he also has a pretty decent defensive game. And Marvin Bagley bringing his offensive prowess could be a really nice one-two punch down there, down low. And Dennis Schroeder already is probably a top 15, maybe even top 12 guard right now. And you're just looking at that two spot that they need to solidify. And with the 19,000 picks they have in the first round, I think it's three. Yeah, uh, it's but, three. but you know, with the, <laughs> the three picks they do have in this draft, they can go get a developmental guard like a Trayvon Duvall from Duke or a, a Gary Trent from, from Duke or even yeah, you know, a little Trent later, a good fit, like a, a Grayson Allen uh, for, at that two spot. But I think right now you go with Marvin Bagley, you go with potential, and you pair offense with some uh, with a, a really nice ball handler in Schroeder and also Torrey Prince and uh, Collins have shown that they have the ability to play defense, which will show uh, you know kind of fix the holes that Bagley does have in his game. So <laughs> he will leave for you defensively. Yes. So you're going defense though mm-hmm. with Mo Bamba. We well, talked about this a little bit. I'm Jake not brought going this up all as a defense. fit. Okay, I'm going to talk though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake brought this up as a fit that they should go defense yep. here for the Hawks when we had him on. Uh, he brought up Jaron Jackson. He brought up Mo Bamba. So you're mm-hmm. going defense here at least three for for Mo Bamba. A little bit, and the reason why I go Mo Bamba is it's a lot of moving pieces, but. First off, I look at when I look at Jaron Jackson, I think mostly defense. When I look at Marvin Bagley, I think mostly offense. Could both mm-hmm. of them do the other one? Yeah, but that's what they're known for in my mind. Then with Bamba, he can do both. So why not take the guy that I can mold at both places on the court? Then there's other things that play into it as well. Like when the improvement that we've seen already from his shot, he talked about going from a catapult motion to more of a catch and shoot to motion. more of a shooting yeah, motion. Yeah, more than yeah. A shooting <laughs> motion. Say, from catapult to well, shooting. How, from from he, the fifteen hundred, yeah. from five hundred BC to yeah. you know modern. Well, that's day. how he described it. Yeah, in his interview. Well, it was. It was like um, we used to call him the trebuchet. Yeah. Yes. But also, just listening to this kid in interviews, he's got one thing like that. Kind of when he was asked a question of like, oh. Um, do you want to go to the Knicks? I know you're from the New York area. Would going to the Knicks be great? And he just, his simple answer of, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know the Knicks were going to be picking number one. That to me, (laughs) I want that. I want that kind of, some will say cockiness, some will say swag. I want that attitude of I'm the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that can cross over some people. Oh, that's bad. I want that guy who's going to be like, 
I'm the best. I'm going to prove to you I'm the best. Now, I'm going to work on myself. Dave, Ricky said something interesting where he sees Bamba as uh, a nice mix of offense and defense, where he sees uh, uh, Bagley as the offensive guy strictly and Jaron Jackson as the defensive guy strictly. Now, looking back at what we saw at Michigan State, we saw that Jaron Jackson has a really nice offensive game. Shot uh, 30, what was it, I think, 39%? 39%. 39% from three shot, around 80% from the free throw line. So she, he showed the developments of a shot, and he is pretty athletic. So you're going with kind of the same th- thought process in my mind. If I know you, you're going with that mix of offense and defense. You just think you have more of a solidified player in Jaron Jackson, right? Yeah, I mean, Jaron Jackson has shown... The, I guess the, the big qualifier here is the fact that the minutes. You look at the minutes that Jaron Jackson's played, he's averaging just under 22. Bamba is just over 30 minutes a game. So I think we got to see a whole lot more of Bamba and him trying to um, really establish himself where Jaron Jackson played on a great Michigan State team where he was a piece, but he wasn't you know, responsible for the entire team. So really what it comes down to is, do you believe that he can extend his, um, I guess, his role out to being more mm. than just a role player? Because what I think is his advanced stats look impeccable. He looks like he transfers all these skills perfectly to the next level. And I think even at the number three pick, if you walk away with someone who is an excellent role player on a, on a top-end team, that's still wonderful because at the end of the day, you don't need four ones. You know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't always work out best that way. He's somebody who I you could put him on every single team in the NBA right now, and I think it's quality. Like there's not a bad fit for him. Whereas Muhammad Bamba, I think there's situations where maybe he wouldn't be a great fit on certain teams because of the the development required, the chance that you're putting in him on a guy who may or may not develop. Versus a guy in Jaron Jackson who looks like he's coming out just already ready to go, and I don't, and I disagree with what you said mm-hmm. about him being mostly defensive. It's not like he can't. His offensive game is there. It's just he wasn't given well, the opportunities yeah, that, to like, score. It's not like his grow, like him growing mm-hmm. his offensive game is going to be a problem. I don't think. And when I say that, I wasn't like, oh, that he doesn't have offense. Bagley doesn't have defense. They well, I mean, both Bagley have doesn't that. have defense. Bagley, Bagley sucks defensively. If I'm picking, you'd be very what fair are to they, say he doesn't have defense. What are they better at? <laughs> to me, Jaron Jackson better at defense. Uh, Bagley almost said Mobamba. Bagley better at offense. Mobamba, I feel like, is more clay that I can work and get. More potential out of both of those areas mm-hmm. in one player right now. Than two. Jackson's better at offense and defense than Muhammad Bamba. So well, he's saying he's saying more the potential, potential is there. Also, where Jackson's more of a finished product. Even though, okay. even though, real quick, hold on, real quick. In the lottery up top, they're not like, oh, we're going to win in two, three years. And real quick, Jaron Jackson is younger than than mm-hmm. Mo Bamba. So even yeah, though Bamba's Bamba, the oldest out of the three. Yeah, and Bamba is. You're just however, going potentials there because of his body. And yeah, measurable seven yeah. six. You know, and like from was, what I've seen already through the season after the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just because you brought up the minutes with Jackson, uh, the per four. 40 minutes for both Bamba and uh, Jackson. Uh, Jackson per 40 average 20 points per game, 10.6 rebounds per game, two assists, 1.1 steals per game, five and a half blocks uh, per game as well. That's <laughs> goofy. Again, that's per 40 minutes. He shot 51% from the field and uh, 39% for, 39.6% from three. And then uh, from the line, shot 79.7. And then Mo Bamba, again, goofy numbers as well. 17.1 points uh, per game, 14 rebounds per game, one steal a game, 0.7 assists, not known for his passing abilities, also on a worse team, mm-hmm. uh, but also 4.9 blocks in those minutes as well. Uh, he shot 54.1% from the field. Uh, yeah, 54.1% from the field, uh, 27.5% from three, and 68.1% from the line. Uh, but one thing, too, uh, this is going to be final thing, and we'll go to Marvin Bagley. We talked about his top end, Mobamba, being Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. 
NBA comparisons, Jaron Jackson, who do you see in Jaron Jackson? Who do you see him kind of molding out to? Because we talked about Mo Bamba for, uh, uh, for Mo, uh, we talked about, I'm sorry, Joel Embiid for Mo Bamba. We've thrown out, no, David Robinson for uh, big old DeAndre Ayton or even right. uh, Carl Anthony Towns we just compared him to. Who do you see Jaron Jackson kind of fit in the role of? Honestly, I don't have an ideal fit because I don't think there's like one guy who at this point can do what he can do. And I, I, It's hard because like you go for top end comp. So he's a block monster. So that puts him in the range of someone like a Gobera, Hassan Whiteside. But at the same time, his offensive rating is off the charts. He gets better in conference play against better quality opponents. He had like a 129 offensive rating and a 90 defensive rating in conference play. It's insane. So I don't know because defensively, he could be one of the best players in this draft, period. But then offensively, he's not a slouch. So like mm-hmm. when I look and I, I see the struggles of Hassan Whiteside in these playoffs where he's not able to be on the court because he's so ineffective, I don't have that concern with Jaron Jackson. But I also don't see him being Rudy Gobert levels of just a absolute lockdown for four feet around the, around the rim. And then, you know... I think that he can, I guess, maybe a little Gobert-ish. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the range, would be Gobert-ish. And the draft guide for the ringer uh, has shades of Miles Turner, but yeah. Jaron Jackson can actually rebound. That's that's the thing, because it was basically they compared advanced stats from college. Mm. They took basic stat lines, advanced stat lines. I read that thing. I don't disagree, but I think he's going to be better than Miles Turner. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, final guy for me, again, Marvin Bagley, we really haven't talked about him. Yeah. I just think this kid offensively is dynamic, and I think you need a dynamic offensive player on there. Because, again, Schroeder is a really good point guard. He can provide points to you. I don't think he's a number one scorer, but he can easily be a number two scorer mm-hmm. and has some passing abilities. Not going to be like Chris Paul levels dishing out 10 assists, James Harden as well dishing out 10 assists. Both on the same team, I was uh, gonna say. <laughs> but also you know he, he can get you five to six assists when you're giving him really good offensive players. Torian Prince really showed his ability to score, shoot from the outside, and be a versatile defender, um, which is going to hide the flaws that we saw in Marvin Bagley's game in college. And then John Collins again, he's a guy that can roam from you know he can step out a little bit to like the twenty foot line, but. 15 to the basket, he's money, um, has a ton of athleticism, super explosive for his size, and I think he can hide some of the deficiencies that Bagley has um, defensively. And if we're talking about potential, we're looking at a guy who has really good ball handling skills for a 6'11 guy, mm-hmm. has a pretty decent shot from three. He needs to work on it a little bit, become more consistent. And also, he's a guy, if we're talking about being a star, wanting the ball, he was a guy on a Duke team with you know, a, amazing starting five mm-hmm. that went to the Sweet 16, or if I, it's been so long yeah. uh, since March, uh, Sweet 16, and was consistently the number one no, score for that team. Did they, elite eight, they went to elite the Elite Eight because Kansas. Kansas. Um, again, Marvin Bagley showed to mm-hmm. me that he could be that guy. Now, the one thing I don't like, again, is that free throw percentage mm-hmm. because that really doesn't pan out well to the uh, three-point in uh, the NBA. But, again, he hit enough in college where I'm kind of okay with it. 39.7% from, from three. Again, we're talking about athleticism. He's shown that. It's just really that effort defensively, and can he learn to be a decent defender? Now, without Bud being there, Mike Buddenholzer, it's going to be a little bit questionable because mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be a great guy to mold Marvin Bagley, but I'm not going to go away with that just because of this kid's freakish athletic nature. I'm going to go with Marvin Bagley for the Atlanta Hawks at three. Let's move now to four. This is where the Suns finally get in. They got Suns in the lottery. Mm-hmm. Ricky Widmer, the fourth overall pick. The Phoenix Suns, again, for the second year straight, will take who? You know, I mean, if they were at number one, we're all talking eight. And if, even if they were at two, oh, we got Luka Doncic. I think you still get a good player at four. I am going away from Chris, going away from Bender. Marvin Bagley, I need an offensive option at my four 
Going with the bag man at the four. David Oster at the four. At the oh, four with the four. The fourth overall pick. Who do you have the Phoenix Suns going with? God, it's such a toss-up. It, it truly is because they could use a five, but they could also use a four because both their fours suck right now. <laughs> They're young. We talked They're about young. it. They're incredibly 20 young. 20 years old. They're incredibly young. Both They're Chris and better. Still have potential. I'm going to go. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to go Bagley. I'm going to go Marvin Bagley as well. And for this reason, because I think that he can walk in and translate his game to either the four or small ball five. I see a lot of shades of Blake Griffin in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that honestly, I like that comp. Yeah, I, I, I checked. I had to double check their college stats real mm-hmm. quick before him. But Blake's a little sim- more filled out. But yeah, yeah, they're they're fairly similar. Oh, Blake was also a two year player in college too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I, I think that I, when it comes down to it, the Suns pairing him with Deb Booker, Jaron Jack, uh, not Jaron, um, Josh, Josh Jackson, Jackson. Like I think that those guys could roll well together. And I think you, like you said, both the both of your fours are young. And I could see one of them getting moved for and, another pick. And again, we've seen that they up. have gone away from defense because if they're going Marvin Bagley, Devin Booker can't play defense. defense. What? Marvin Bagley can't play defense. Bender really didn't show that he could play defense. Chris no, couldn't yeah. play defense. The only two guys that could have that play defense, again, Josh Jackson. Um, and and TJ uh, Warren, actually. TJ Warren, and then I was going to throw Tyson Chandler, too. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. That yeah, guy God. could still, yeah. still block shots. He's, he's ageless. Yes, he is. I'm going to go with the best player on the board. Also fits that role of possibly being a five mm-hmm. and a four. We're going Jaron Jackson from nice. Michigan State. This kid, again, we talked about him. Dave talked about him. He's got the shot already. He's got the measurables. He's got the defensive abilities. I think he kind of is very similar to what Josh Jackson was last year, at least just in a big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he showed the outside shot, even though Josh Jackson wasn't a great— like, Again, Josh, Josh Jackson was a weird one because that's he gives me qualms about Bagley because— <laughs> He had a really nice three-point percentage in college, but he also had a terrible free-throw percentage, and mm-hmm. you could tell that wasn't going to tra- His three-pointer <laughs> didn't translate, yeah. and it didn't translate <laughs> at all this year um, for Josh Jackson. So, again, that gives me a little bit of qualms for Bagley. But, again, going back to uh, Josh Jackson and Jaron Jackson, guys with a ton of athleticism, ton of wingspan, showed that uh, ability defensively, and then it's really offensively that they you know showed the ability to do something. Jaron Jackson could be a guy who plays awful players. Mm-hmm. Josh Jackson showed in college that he could at least drive to the basket, make athletic moves, and shoot from the outside, or at least shoot mid- mid-range for him, uh, and, and be a guy that can really play off players. I think that Jaron Jackson could do that for the Suns. And they have a number one scorer in Devin Booker, so that's why I think he fits there uh, for the Suns. To me, there were two guys I was thinking of. I went with Bagley, but Trey Young could also be a pick here for me. And Talk the about reason, no defense. Well, the reason, why, <laughs> the reason why I say that is yeah. the Suns do have a pick outside the lottery, mm-hmm. and for me it comes down to two things. Either like the option I went with, go with Bagley at four, and then I'll go for like a Shea Gilgis with my later pick outside mm-hmm. the lottery, or if it's like if the Suns value because now there's the question if they get the one, yeah. who's Igor going to want? Is he going to go with this guy Luca, or are they going to go with DeAndre Ayton with what the front office has said? We're going to go with the center. They and said that gonna be, a couple yeah, months exactly. ago, though. I yeah. know, I know. Things have changed. But I'm just saying, they could go either of those. So really it's the same decision here, just two different players. Do I go Bagley and Shea, a guy like Shea? Or Trey Young and a guy like Mitchell Robinson. And that'll be my center more than my four, which we would have had if they were at one. The one thing I am realizing, though, is that the Phoenix Suns not only got screwed in our lottery, they also mm-hmm. got screwed with that Bucks thing where they lost yeah. the other pick, too. Because so the now, Bucks got good. Yeah, so they could have had 15-16 yep. mm-hmm. um, and also one. So they have the ability to have you know, those three picks. Now they're losing their Bucks pick. Mm-hmm. They move to, I think, 16 now. Um, with the other pick they have, and then yeah, they also have the fourth pick, so they get screwed there. Um, but again, Trey Young, I think it'd be you know interesting just because it's you have so much scoring, and it depends at the on one and two. which you value more. 
and which player you value more at 16. Because if they if they value a Mitchell Robinson over a Shea Gilgis, then hey, let's go with our ball care, our ball handler here and go with our big man that we like at 16. Well, so Dave, Dave, I want to bring this up because you you're not a fan of Mo Bamba at this range. I almost put him there. Okay. okay. I okay. So I was tossing up. Okay, but real quick, I'm, I, I I wanted to. The narrative that right. I want that all right, spin, the, spin so the question that I'm going to ask sorry. the narrative is that you hate Mo Bamba. You're not even going to put him in your top ten like you did before. Um, so we'll get to what you actually want to say in, 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 a, in a few. But sure. Um, with Ricky throwing it out there because you do have Trey Young and Marvin Bagley on the board. You will Marvin Bagley with what Ricky's proposing, either getting a ball uh, ball handler at one or Marvin Bagley, a guy who played the four or the five, like you said, the small ball five. Mm-hmm. Which guy? Like, what, what are the positives of both, and what are the negatives of both? Uh, I think for if you go. With a primary ball handler like Trey Young, yes, your offense is now dynamic. You have the best passer in this draft. You have someone who can walk in the league and put up, I think, you know, eight assists a game, especially with the Suns' offense. With, with Dev Book. With Dev Book standing right next to you. They could run some really dirty stuff back there. Um, the downside, like you said, though, is you have two guards who cannot play defense. Not, not NBA-level defense, just can't play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that would be a massive problem. I think they're going to see what's left on Brandon Knight mm-hmm. and see, you know, if he can kind of carry them through. And then they'll they'll run it back probably with that later pick and go for a guard. It, the reason I lean more towards Bagley or Bamba here uh, is mostly because I look at the 4-5 and I know Tyson Chandler is like 30-whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He'll play forever, I'm sure. But... I just I, f- I still feel for the two for the double miss at the four, and I think that Bagley can play the four, but he's also got the height and the mm-hmm. speed to play the five. And I think the big question is, do you want your five to play defense? Yep. Because if you believe that you you can teach this guy to play defense, he, there is a lot to love about him. Because offensively, he has an incredible motor, tons of speed, and plays with a high level of intensity, and he has a knack for knowing how to roll to the basket. So. I think you live with the risk that you get someone who can at least guarantee one end of the court, and then you hope that you can build the other because right now you have two guys who are potential but haven't shown you anything in two years. And again, the potential thing is is huge for MB3. We're going to start calling him MB3 I since like it's that. Marvin Bagley III. I like that. Uh, for MB, MB3, I'm not going to fuck it up. Uh, MB3, <laughs> again, this is a guy that made Coach K, who's run his offense for how, God how many years, he made him change his deal. Sorry. He made us change Coach K's defense to a zone. That's mm-hmm. how bad Mar- Marvin Bagley was defensively. Yeah. So, again, I just want to throw that out there that, yes, that p- untapped potential there. I had him going third because of that untapped potential, the ability that he can become offensively. But, again, he ma- needed to change his defense. And just for the Suns, I, if I was picking there and deciding between Bagley and Bamba, yeah, and that's, you, you kind of alluded to I it. I was, yeah. I'd probably go Bamba. Ricky already had him off the board. But mm-hmm. I'd probably go Bamba there. Just because of his defense, yeah, um, yeah. And, and his untapped potential, I have him going Jackson though, because Jackson again is already there where he needs to be. Right. Shows that defensive ability, and also in Igor's system, he has the ability to move the ball around. Jackson's yeah. shown that he's a very uh, uh, he's he's an able he's passer, a capable passer. Yeah, um, and, and with the motion and, and, and with the ball movement that they need in Igor, that's why I have him going with Jared Jackson. And I, I like I like that motion. I like that with MB three. I just think that at the end of the day, like I think he was able to go to the zone because he had Wendell Carter next to him, mm-hmm. which, you know, you'll have someone in um, I'm Tyson, Chandler, oh, Tyson. Tyson Chandler right now and maybe Marquise Chris going forward who can help complement, you know, and cover up for that lack of defense or, you know, until he builds up something capable. And Final thoughts on the song. The last question I was going to ask is with that pick that we talked about that they lost because yeah. next year it's going to have the same rules. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee only gets it if it's 1-3 or 17 through 30, which – 
Six seed in the East. I think Milwaukee well, didn't even but, do with a coach this year. Exactly. Well, a head coach this so, year. Exactly. I think they Bud did Holzer. it. So I think it, they won't get it. The Suns won't get that pick till 2020 where it's one through seven protected and it's unprotected in 2021. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Suns do. Mm-hmm. Again, they do, still do have that 16th pick. But we're only doing lottery. Well, let's move into the fifth pick. The Memphis Grizzlies get screwed. Again, we don't dislike any team. And the way this fell, it just kind of feels like again, oh, yeah. someone commented, oh, you guys hate the Phoenix Suns. We don't. We don't hate the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> if we hated any NBA team, it would be the Orlando Magic. Magic. And they it's just true. got the number two overall it's pick. Um, and we talk, I've cracked so much on the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, from the Fisdale firing to the mishandling of Tyreek Evans uh, deal, not trading him. I've bashed their front office. Uh, the Grizzlies get stuck with the fifth pick. And Dave, you mentioned something along the lines of that you're you're gonna they they get screwed in your mind. Yeah, with because this one. I feel like at the end of the last conversation, you you kind of left me off with I probably should have put someone like Muhammad Bamba too. Uh, the the Phoenix Suns, which would have left Bagley available mm-hmm. for the Grizzlies. Good fit there. Would have been a good fit. Would have mm-hmm. but he's not available now. He's not available, <laughs> so who are you going with for so the Memphis I, Grizzlies I, at the fifth overall pick? I've got the Memphis Grizzlies going with a Michael Porter Jr. What a junior. I've got them going hmm. for a guy with eight ton of potential. A straight-up score, somebody who can walk in the league and be and be a contributor, but also has the ability to like grow exponentially. So... I think right now you take the best player available, and for me, that is Michael Porter Jr. Ricky Widmer, who do you have that Memphis Grizzlies going with? For me, it's on the other side of it to where I'm looking again at the four, and, I mean, if they were at the two, they would have had it there, but, you know, going with Jaron Jackson, have that four. You don't need a five. You got Gasol. You really got positions everywhere else. It's really that four to me. You need someone down there, and you can add a guy like Triple J, who could be a defensive guy, but could also add some offense, too. Now, this is, again, based before the combine. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what he's going to look like. Yeah. But you talked about bringing a four Mm -hmm. onto the squad. You talked about the potential. I think the Memphis Grizzlies need a star. They're going Michael Porter Jr. at that fifth overall pick. Because, again, they need a four. Mo Bamba, or sorry, mm-hmm. not Mo Bamba, Jaron Jackson, off the board, Marvin Bagley, off the board, DeAndre Ayton, who wants to be a four, off the board. The Porter only other could g- also play three, so three, four. Okay. Yeah. I, yes, I was going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr., right now, what we saw in college, to me, is a four. I didn't, you know, from what we saw again, he was at 65%, mm-hmm. didn't show the speed that he could be a three. I know people have mentioned in our comments before, he could play three. Again, he's 6'11 and didn't look quick enough to play the three in the NBA. He didn't mm-hmm. look quick enough to play the three in college. So I don't know how that's going to translate. Again, it's going to be dependent on how he comes out and shows up in the lottery, but it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Again, I think they're going to try to tap into that potential. At worst, you have a great scorer, a great shooter at that four position. And if he is healthy, he can possibly be a pretty decent defender, can run the pit break, and could be a decent stretch four in the NBA. So I think it could be very interesting. And I think pairing that with Mark Gasol, pairing that with Mike Conley, who is a great passer, and then, hell, if Tyreek Evans is still there, if Reek's yeah. still there, if Chandler Parsons is ever healthy, could be a pretty good team, I depending on how he does day one, Michael Porter Jr. Well, and it also, like, I look at it and it's like, oh, well, they got Chandler Parsons at the three. He's always injured anyway. So it's like, what's the point? Like, and it all depends on after the combine. And I mean, of course, this is before the combine. But to me, if Michael Porter Jr. shows tremendous upside, he won't be available here because somebody in the top three is going to take him, maybe even one or two. Again, we threw I, I that out there for the Magic. Okay. At the combine, I don't mm-hmm. think he will blow my socks off. I think he will look okay, which means he would fit in right here at number five. Well, let's talk about that because we talked about back when he was coming back. He announced that you know uh, he was he was healthy enough to do uh, 
practice. Then uh, Martin from uh, Missouri said mm-hmm. he, he's going to be playing. Uh, he ends up playing in the SEC tournament, plays one game in the uh, NCAA tournament. We didn't see that much from him, mm-hmm. and it was kind of exactly what we said would be worse for him if he came out looking slow, yeah. didn't show his athleticism that we saw early in his high school days. If he didn't come out and show that, that would hurt his draft stock. It pretty much did. Oh, absolutely. Um, so now what do we need to see from him in the combine? Is it specifically his hip movement, how he's moving uh, defensively, how he's moving in drills? Is it his speed, how well he's running up and down the court, how well he's shooting, because even that was affected by his back injury? What do you need to see from Michael Porter Jr.? Is it everything needs to be there, or is it just some things need to be there? I think it's a fairly clean bill of health, to be honest with you. I think think across the board, like his lateral motion needs to be there. He needs to be able to do like cone drills. Um, He needs that uh, short burst of speed, because without that, getting open looks is going to be more difficult. The slower you are... Yes, you have good size as your advantage, but at the same time, if you don't have the speed to turn, pivot, come off of a pick and roll cleanly, then you're not going to be able to contribute at a high level at the, in the NBA. So I think across the board, there's a lot of things he needs to show at this combine. Here's another thing that I'm just thinking of right now, and the Grizzlies at five could still do this mm-hmm. because you're bringing in a new coach. You're probably not expecting to compete, especially in the tough West, especially next year. Why not? not Real quick, real quick. They again, Mike uh, Mike Conley was injured. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marcus Saul didn't play. They lost their coach. They can't. And they started off pretty hot this year. Let's be honest. If I was a Grizzly fan at five, I might be like, I'd be okay with them taking MPJ, and then we're right here next year getting another guy hopefully in the top five. I don't know. And getting, like, because basically with MPJ, you're basically doing the Ben Simmons thing is we're just going to let you sit all year. Why? Why would you do that? Because if if he's healthy, why would you do that? But if he's not, I'm saying if he's not. If he's not not healthy, then he might not even be taking him. I'm saying if there's still a question with his health, I'd still think about taking him here because I can just shelf him, have him work on the injury, take the full year like Ben Simmons did, and then come out and get a high draft pick to get another guy next year. I don't foresee that happening because he like he came I'm just saying it's a possibility at the early end of his recovery time, at Mm -hmm. the projected time for his recovery. So being that, you know, we're gonna combine in a little bit, like it's not even combine time Mm -hmm. this week. Like he's got more time now. I'm not concerned about his health in the Combine. I'm not concerned about his health in Summer League for sure. He is going to be in game shape by the end of Summer League. I'm not mm-hmm. zero, zero concerns, zero thoughts of him eating bench. And I think that him on this Grizzlies team will not be in the top five of the NBA draft next year. This is a team that like claws and scratches their way into playoffs where they have no right to be because Marcus Gasol is one of the most underrated centers of the league. Mike Conley, yes, he got his payday, but he, he is good enough to the point where he can get you to the playoffs. He's near a top 10 yeah. guard. I think he's around that 12, 13 mark where we put right. him last he's year. He's just outside my mind. And again, like you said, if they can re-sign Reek, uh, yeah, they're in business. Yeah. Well, and the one thing, too, is Ben Simmons, he didn't get hurt in college. He didn't get hurt in summer. Like, he got hurt, like, three days before the mm-hmm. season even started. Markel Fultz, that was just some weird shit that was going on. We really didn't know what was happening yeah. with him. Those were weird injuries. That's why they got, you know, redshirted. Even then, Fultz came back and played. So I, I think if he's... You're working out of the combine. If he ended his season playing for Missouri, and if he goes through uh, uh, not summer camp, uh, summer combine, summer league, summer if he goes through summer league, league, he's gonna play this year. I don't think I'm they're just gonna redshirt him. That if it like if that possibility is there, they could still do that because it still wouldn't hurt. Them. If he's still hurt, I'd be then I'd maybe be really they do that. But I don't think he's gonna be still hurt. And if he is. There's going to be like a. T- I think he's going to fall significantly yeah. if he's if something pops up in the medicals that 
at the combine or if he's still not healthy when they you know when, when the draft comes around I think he's going to take a fall. Yeah, I mean, he has to because, like, a guy like who we always like to do the comparison, Harry Giles, a guy who was the number one guy coming out of high school, mm-hmm. but he had chronic injuries. And when he came out, he had played a couple games that year. He had showed something, not not a ton, obviously, but he showed something. And I think that at the end of the day, like, if you can come into the NBA, it with, with if you can get in the draft with that problem, oh, my God, I can't even talk. That problem. Like, if you if you get into the draft with that problem, yeah, I, I think you fall. I think you have to. Like even the, the thing is like OG got hurt partway through a season, mm-hmm. and guess what? He came back ahead of schedule, healthy, and started the season with the Raptors. So if you're telling me the guy who got hurt later than you with a, uh, a a bigger injury at the time for him, he dropped all the way to 15. We were talking about him at being like a seven, an eight guy. Yeah. So he dropped back about seven spots. So we're talking about a guy, Michael Porter, who could drop anywhere from, you know, two, three, four, five to anywhere around, you know, maybe 10 at the latest. Well, and OG and Anubi, too, I mean, he was he was a sophomore, too, when he yeah. came out. So there was enough film on him. That's we true. saw what he was able to do. So with Porter Jr., we've only saw two games out of him. So it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to redshirt him right away. Um, anyways, uh, we talked about Michael Porter Jr. We talked about the Grizzlies at five. Now it's time for your Chicago Bulls, Ricky. So the Bulls are on the clock at six. And, of course, you have this player available, so why wouldn't you take him? Well, that's it. I'm going Michael Porter Jr. I know there might be some people that say, oh, Trey Young's still there. Let's take him. No, we don't need Trey Young. We'll go with Michael Porter, pair him at the three, Levine at the two, Chris Dunn at the one. That's our backcourt and our wings. David, who are you going with the Bulls? I'm going to go with uh, Mikhail Bridges. I think he is the ideal fit for them with what's left on my board. They could go with Mo Bamba here. Uh, they could absolutely use a five to replace Rolo. Um, it's honestly a toss for that point. I just value the wings so much more. Mm-hmm. I think Mo Bamba has a higher upside. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. Uh, than Especially Mikhail Bridges. the 3 and D that Bridges can uh, bring. But Bridges just walks in the league and looks like a, a solid contributor. Mm-hmm. He can come in and be an instant upgrade over uh, the Zip God at the 3. <laughs> no, well, for sure. I don't think anyone's arguing that. Uh, the fact that Paul Zips are still starting for them is, is very questionable. Um, we don't have anyone else. Yeah, I know. Uh, but again... This is going to be one where we disagree, all three of us, because mm-hmm. you mentioned it. It's the potential. Yeah. We talked about Mikael Bridges. I love the player. He's going to he's going to be a starter in the NBA for 10 years. Yep. Without a doubt in my mind, his uh, 3 and D abilities, his ability to shoot, his athleticism, moving uh, right to left, laterally, vertically, he has the ability to be a great defender in the NBA. Without a question in my mind. But where is that cap? Where is that ceiling? We've talked at his ceiling. He's yep. a number two option yep. on a team. And while that is valuable for a wing position— I think if you have your number two option, because we talked about this consistently, you can't have your your best player be a be a center. Mm-hmm. Or, or you know, you, 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 we we talked about this. I mean, really, the only team that's done it so far has been the Pelicans, and really, again, they're capped. We and don't now know they're getting they're, dead dicked on by the uh, Golden State Warriors. The Warriors. <laughs> so we talked about that, but I have the Bulls going with Mo Bamba here, center from Texas, because of his top end, and I think right now having the double duo of Laurie. And Mo Bamba oh, yeah. at that four and five could be absolutely deadly. And I don't think the Bulls are going to be great uh, in the in, in the year after this draft. And they still have the ability to take that game changing guard. And even then, Chris Dunn showed a lot of potential when he was healthy in yeah. the early in the season. And Zach Levine again was really banged up, and we don't know what his top end could be. So they could still address that three mm-hmm. position next year in the draft. Or at the twenty two. Or the 22 as well, because well, um, they have that bring, pick from the Pelicans. I was going to bring that up. The one thing 
that I do like about your pick with Mo Bamba. Of course, if MPJ is there, I'm taking him all day, every right. day. But in your guys' situation, he's off the board. Most of the top three bigs are off the board as well. This I like because Mo Bamba's the guy who's talked about he can run the floor. He wants to be able to be that guy that can shoot threes. To me, Mo Bamba could be the perfect five for Fred Hoiberg's system of wanting to run the floor, wanting to stretch it out, wanting to shoot threes. And then defensively, we got a rim stopper at the basket who can jump ridiculously high and reach the top of the box on the back. He doesn't need to jump. The guy's got a <laughs> seven-six wingspan. It's, it's unreal. No, uh, but I think again, he's going to hide deficiencies mm-hmm. in Laurie's game defensively. Even though Laurie's not that, he wasn't terrible no. uh, defensively this year. Um, and also, one thing again, he's, he doesn't need to be a shooter. Obama does because yes. of Laurie. And you're going to have Laurie, who's already a great shooter. He can learn from a great shooter and Laurie with a, a, a mm-hmm. similar build. A, you know, again, big man. Um, and also, if they're playing in garbage time, Mobamba could start shooting threes. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be a perfect fit where he doesn't need to be on the Cleveland Cavaliers, where he needs to be already on an NBA team. Yeah. being a contributor, he can be a guy that steps up and starts at least working into an NBA system. He can be in a Fred Hoiberg system mm-hmm. that is friendly to three point shooters. And if he wants to be that player, you can help nurture that ability. Yeah. And I think that's probably the best for his offensive mm-hmm. game and defensively. I think that's going to be best for him. So you know, maybe he could be. A, a, a top big man in this league, maybe you know top five if we're comparing him to Joel Embiid. Um, you're still going to need to find that Ben Simmons to Mobamba, but having uh, again a guy like Laurie who's playing playing next to him at the four, uh, a great center in Mobamba, and having a good two good guards in Zach Levine and Chris Dunn could be a dynamic pair, and you could always find threes in this draft. And that's, I mean, yeah, and, and, I'm not sure about well, always not, find threes. Well, no, but not the in point this draft, is, but not no. in this draft. But you can find threes to play in the NBA. I mm-hmm. guess, but I mean that that doesn't explain why we point with the Zip God and Denzel Valentine for two years. Well, that's My, also because of guard packs. Uh, yeah. I guess. I, I think I like the pick of Bamba there because he doesn't have to be the guy on this team. Yeah. No. He doesn't have to develop into a number one or a number two. Mm-hmm. He can be a three or a four on this team, contribute to a high level on defense, and like you said, be able to stretch the floor out to that three-point line, even out to the 20-foot line, somewhere in that range. And he's comfortable because I, mm-hmm. I do think if we do re-sign uh, Zach Levine, he's our number one offensive weapon. Yeah. Uh, and Laureate, too. Like they're, they're a one-two punch. Chris Dunn provides decent uh, follow-through through the lane, and I just think that it, it it is the ideal situation for him to not be, in a, not be in a spot where he has to provide offense early in his career. I think he needs a slow learning curve, and I think that hiding him in a team where you have a top score is, is ideal. And the two things I was just thinking of, one I was going to say, but as Dave was talking, I thought of another yeah. one, is if they do take Mo Bamba, I want Kyrie Thomas with that Pelicans pick. Because I want that guy that I can develop into maybe that 3 and D type of player. But also, if we go Mo Bamba at 6, maybe in the offseason we can make a push to get Paul George and fill that 3 spot with Paul George. Push Rolo out? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rolo, if it's a sign-and-trade or just a sign Paul George, whatever Paul George wants to do with the Thunder, Real we can make now, a push though. for him. Would that speed up the process? Because that was that was talked to somebody. I think Mike 2K, uh, yeah, two, yeah. Mike 2K97. Uh, threw it out on Twitter to you and I and Dave, but Dave's not on Twitter. Dave, if don't we tweet. don't make the playoffs um, with that, I'm pissed off. About should the Bulls look to sign Paul George? I said no. Mm-hmm. Put the crockpot on yeah. low. Let it simmer. You're going to have a nice, bountiful feast come to you mm-hmm. in, in two to three years. Don't rush the process. Have these guys develop. If Paul George is there, mm-hmm. it's going to screw it up, and they're going to try to play See, through Paul George, and I don't think it's going to let those I guys grow. I don't know. And the reason why I say that is – your and my drafts have played out completely different. 
MPJ's on the board. Okay, take an MPJ. Do what well, you're saying. Put it in the crock pot. Let it slow. If I go Mo Bamba at six, I still need that three guy. Let's go get a Paul George. Let's ex- let's kind of light the fire under this so that maybe we could move up a little bit and maybe compete. Plus, you know the Bulls, they like to compete. They like to make the eighth seed even when most people To don't be fair, they, they should have made the eighth seed this year. Yeah. They just literally yeah. didn't want to. Well, we were tanking. And they yeah. got, got yelled at. literally didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, final thing is you have them going with it, what we think at his top. Yes. His top thing. Again, he's not on the board for uh, mm-hmm. Dave and I. But at his top, he can be a number one on a team, like exactly. a Porter Jr. We have them going away from that. Do you th- like? Do you think that? Do you think if they draft Michael Porter Jr., they're drafting him with the mindset that he is going to be the number one option for yes. this team for fifteen years? Yes, that's exactly. That's why I have him here. Is because I don't see any of the other teams really needing that quite mm-hmm. like the Bulls. The so Bulls you, need a guy that's going to be that. Plus they. Happen to need a guy at the three, so it fits two things. So he surplants Zach Levine, Laurie Markkinen. He becomes the guy. He eventually becomes the guy. He's not going to be the guy right away, maybe, depending on what we see at the combine. But, but with all the hype yeah. on him, I mean, I, number one player out of high if school. If it takes him a few years, I wouldn't be upset. Do you think, like, I guess, what, what's your safe estimate of, you know, points per game that he would drop his rookie year? I have no idea. The only reason why I've only seen two games of him this year, and I haven't well, seen him at the combine. And now let's just—you have them going like a Porter Jr. Yeah. You just talked about them redshirting him. Do the yeah. Bulls redshirt him the first year? Um, maybe not, but I mean, it's never out of the question for me. Mm-hmm. To me, it's never out of the question. How does Michael Porter Jr. fit for the Bulls then? Uh, he's an ideal fit if he's there. I think that he, a he loves the city, so mm-hmm. you've got to win right there. You've got a guy who wants to be close in Chicago. to home. Then we can take John yeah. with the Pelicans pick. Bring them both there. Not going to be available. <laughs> I mean, I love. I I love the way he thinks sometimes. <laughs> yeah. um, no, ideal fit. He's got amazing uh, size. It's just it comes down to that that quickness. Can he be? I think even if you roll with him at a at the four and Laurie at the five, you're still fine. Um, but I, I I have hopes that he will be a three. I really do. I think that you know whether it comes down to conditioning shape, I, I, all of that stuff will pay in. But hopefully he can be a long term three four. And contribute high level score. I think honestly, he's a guy who could come in and by year three be dropping like 19 points a game. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I could easily see him being the number one scorer on a team in his first couple of years. And finally, we're in, in, the, in this segment at least, we're gonna sneak in the Kings here at seven. Seventh overall, the Sacramento Kings are picking last year, they were picking at five, and they, or was it six, five or six? Uh, and they selected a uh, good old. De'Aaron Fox, Fox from the Kentucky Wildcats. So we're going to go to uh, Dave. I think it was 5-2. We're going to go to Dave here. Who was 6? Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it, it, Jonathan gonna, Isaac. Yes. It, they were 5 because then yes. Isaac goes 6 and then 7. The Bulls take a look. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Thanks, Dave. Uh, that would have bugged the shit That's out. It's weird that I know names right now. Thank yes. you. Uh, so we're going to go to you first. The Sacramento Kings at 7. One of our favorite teams here on the Fast Break Podcast outside of the Bulls and Magic. Uh, the Sacramento Kings at 7. We talked about them, I think, two weeks ago, maybe yeah. a week ago. Uh, yeah, just two weeks ago, uh, about best fits for them here on the board at seven. Who do they go with? I've got them going with Muhammad Bamba. Got him finally dropping uh, to the Kings. I know there's a lot of contested feelings about Willie Cauley-Stein's future. This is also the first time Dave's had him in the top ten. That's incorrect. That's okay. incorrect. I know last time for sure you had him. I had him, in the, the, I had him in the top ten 4.0. It was, three, it was 3.0. Oh, yeah. Three, okay. I bumped him out. No, no. No. No, three you had him in. Three you had him going twelve. You seven had him to the twelve Mavericks. last time, and then yeah. you had him in for three point twelve. Was it? Yeah. yeah. So I've got him going here to the Kings. I think that because they lost out on Michael Porter and Mikael Bridges, mm-hmm. he becomes the best viable option for them. Uh, defensively, we've talked about, we gushed about it. He's he's got the right body size, and he fits the timeline. Like mm-hmm. 
he comes into a team where you don't you've already got your point guard of the future you've got your two of the future you potentially have a three depending on how you want to roll or you have multiple twos then worst case scenario buddy healed and bogdanovich yeah and at the four you hope on the development of scale and harry giles coming back healthy from this injury you know i honestly would love this to happen if the kings walked with bomba here because it fills out their lineup really well yes they still could use a three if you don't want to roll with uh bogey at the three but at the same time like they're a deep team they're a young team i think that he is an ideal fit to add some defensive toughness and stretch out the floor for them because honestly like De'Aaron fox driving to the rim is scary as hell already could you imagine him coming off of a pick and roll with bomba mm-hmm. since he puts on a little bit of weight <laughs> so he's you know wider than a twig but uh yeah once he does that the outside shooting he can pop out sneak out to the outside like it's just it's dangerous ricky Widmer, who do you have him going with? the first thing i want to say before i say who i'm having on pick is if what happens in all of our drafts happens in real life well, and Trey Young, one of them has to be right. Well, no, no, I'm saying, but yeah. if Trey Young falls to this pick, if I'm Vlade Divac, I'm picking up the phone. Who wants Trey Young? This is going to be a prime pick for someone to try to trade up and get Trey Young before the Cavs. But if the Kings sit there and make the pick, I got to go with him because he's still on my board, Mikhail Bridges. Just a guy, Bomba's off, Porter's off. Go with the best guy available. Well, best guy available. Not Trey Young because you don't need Trey Young. You just mm-hmm. got De'Aaron Fox yeah. last year. Go with the yeah. three and D player, but field offers for Trey Young and try to get more picks. Future See if picks you can for entice him. the Hornets Exa- in, or the Clippers, or the, ooh, or the Clippers. Or the Clippers, thirteen and uh, twelve. Mm-hmm. They do have with this lottery. Yeah, I have them, and again we talked about this, and I, 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 I was so torn at where the Kings should go with because I think they should they, 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 they're they going a five or they're going a three. Right. It, it, it's, it's they, again, like you mentioned, De'Aaron Fox at the one, Bogdanovich and Buddy Heald the two. At the four, they have Scale. They have uh, Harry Giles. Yep. At the five, they have Willie Cauley-Stein, but again, he's not locked down and he might not fit the timeline contract-wise. Again, he could be the guy that they give money to first, mm-hmm. so that could always be a possibility. So that leaves openings at the three. And at the three, they have Mikhail Bridges as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Ricky just had him going with Mikhail Bridges. Um, you have the Bulls going with Mikhail Bridges, so he's not on the board. Mm-hmm. Kevin Knox is a guy that I talked about a lot, too, because of his potential. And then also Miles Bridges as well. Miles, again, has probably the—I I think, it would, in, again, I think how I ranked it last time was Kevin Knox won—no, Mikhail won, mm-hmm. then Kevin Knox, then Miles. Yeah. Because Mikhail, he's going to be a safer pick for you, but he's going to bring what you need in 3 and D— uh, Kevin Knox has a ton of potential and probably has uh, brings you know more of what Miles does, but more athleticism. And Miles is safer than Kevin Knox because again he's more well rounded. Spent two years in college. Um, he's it, more physically built. Is as more well. physically built. Uh, but I think I'm going to have him going Kevin Knox here. I like um, it. at seven because Kevin Knox again his potential is is unreal. Um, his ability to score. Um, it, what he showed in Kentucky is, is really impressive. He has the ability to drive. He has the ability to shoot from the outside. It's not great, but again, he could step into it, and I, I liked what I saw at least uh, motion-wise from him. And he has the ability to become a pretty decent defender. And while Mikael Bridges is ready now and pretty set now, yep. I still think that Kevin Knox fits their timeline because Harry Giles, who might be their starting four for a while, is going to be playing in his first year. Darren Fox is going to be playing in his second year. 
Bogdanovich in his second year. Buddy Heald in his full second year in the with the Kings. At that five spot, again, Cauley Stein is probably the guy with the most, uh, at least, experience there. We don't know where he will be if he will be on this team when his contract comes to out. Fair, Bogdanovich is a bit older, though. He is. And he he, he spent a lot of time over, overseas. Yep. But... Again, that was his first year in the NBA. Yep. Again, he should, the reason why he had such a great year is because he is so He's a uh, experienced. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but again, that was his first year with yeah. the Kings. I think that they should go with Kevin Knox, and I don't know if they will, but I think this is one where my at least feelings are, are coming mm-hmm. out. This fits their timeline more. You bring up the fact that Mikhail Bridges, or I'm sorry, Bogdanovich is 26, but again, they still have his contract. They still have time, oh, yeah. he, time he's on him for years. So I still think that this fits their timeline more. Mikhail Bridges again is a safer pick, but I have them going with Kevin Knox because of his potential. But should they be going potential, Ricky, or should they be going with the safer pick? I'll be completely honest. The thought that just came through my head. I hope this doesn't happen, but with Vladi Divac, you never know. He could go. Oh, we could really use the three. I really like international players. The pick is Zana Musa. I could totally see him going kind of like the Papa Giannis route of like, I guess. what the hell did the Kings just do? For me, I like Kevin but, Knox. Hold on. But it's, I, co- it's completely different from Papa Giannis. Oh, I know. I had him second round. Exactly. Zana Musa's been in but like Zana Musa, I would not take in the top 10. I would not take I top 10. I wouldn't probably either, not but Over Knox, McHale, or Miles. I wouldn't probably either. Probably not. But it's, exactly. It's not too crazy. But... They still I have do, Josh Jackson at the three who they just drafted. But when it comes to Knox and Bridges, I just like Bridges a lot better. Like the the what he brings to a team can step in right away, and that three and D ability, like it is crucial in this NBA to have one guy on that outside that can develop into. I'm going to use the Clay Thompson comparison again. Have that guy yeah. who it's like you know what you're locking him down because De'Aaron Fox is not a lockdown defender. So if they can have someone to where it's like, hey, Mikhail, you're going to be Wait, on the you best guy. You think De'Aaron Fox is not a lockdown defender? Not a lockdown what? defender like Clay Thompson. What the fuck are you talking about? I mean, okay, in college, if you, you pair Michael, Michael, if you pair Mikhail Bridges and uh, if you pair Mikhail Bridges and uh, De'Aaron Fox together, that's one of the best backcourt uh, defensive combos. But yeah. I'm saying in the league to me, I feel like overall Mikhail Bridges is going to be b- better defensively. That's pretty bold because the Can biggest thing coming out of De'Aaron Fox was a lockdown defender and speed. But yeah. that is what I'm saying is Mikhail's going to be the guy where it's like you are on the number one. So so Mikhail mm-hmm. is going to be on the I'm also, just, I'm just saying also, what, you're, what you're saying right now also is going just telling to be, me that Mikhail Bridges is going to be defensive player of the year. They'll also say yeah. that because it's like, you know what, we'll put Mikhail on the number one. That way De'Aaron Fox doesn't have to. Yeah, he can well, guard Mikhail's the number. has got the body to guard well, more people, I think is maybe too. what you're saying. He's more versatile, yes. Because just size-wise, he is bigger than De'Aaron Fox. Yes, but also, like what I'm going to, Fox is still like six De'Aaron Fox, yeah, you'll guard the second He's best little, option. Uh, skinny though. That yeah. way you don't have to exert so much energy. We'll let Bridges do that, and you could use that leftover energy on offense. Sorry, uh, De'Aaron Fox is 6'3". Oh, okay. um, again, we don't know if that's with shoes or without shoes. Yeah. Um, but uh, McHale is 6'7". Uh, 6'7". Six, seven. Six, yeah. seven, so, seven, I mean, he, he can guard a wing. He can guard—I I don't know, you know his ability to guard a quick one, but— Whatever. Point being, you think he's a defensive god, apparently. I do. Um, I'm, I'm curious. Do you, as far as you said, you need that three and D guy, like mm-hmm. him versus the pick of Kevin Knox, a guy who could develop into a lot of things. Um, I think he has uh, more potential as far as what he could be. He could be a point forward. He could be a guy who has a pretty unique uh, skill set 
more than just a three and D role player. Do, do you the, think that the do team the like Kings, Kings want another project, that? or do they want someone that well, can step in? And be less of a project. I'm going again, with less of a project. Yeah, and I understand that. Yeah. And again, I said Mikael Bridges yeah. is a safer pick. Mm-hmm. But again, I think you know the Kings aren't going. If they draft Mikael Bridges, they're not a playoff team. No. So if they draft I mean, Kevin Knox, they're not a playoff team. Like but, if they draft anyone but, here, Trey Young, they're not. I know. A playoff but what I'm team. saying is is the fact that they're not going to be a playoff mm-hmm. team, so they don't need someone to step in right away and be a guy that produces. Mm-hmm. So go with Kevin Knox. He's going to be a guy that can you could develop and tap into that uh, potential. He could be more than just a three and D. I just exactly. to me, I really like what. He could be McHale, a number one. Yeah, and I like what Mikhail Bridges yeah. brings to it because, to me, you have two guys on this team that could be number ones already in Fox and Buddy Heald. I'm not going to add another guy who could potentially be the number three because it's like, who's going to be the number three? We, we know, don't know. Or we know, number one. We don't know. We know Ricky Wimmer does love mm-hmm. his uh, his Buddy Heald. Puts some um, respect on it. All right, but we talked about the at least the three. The one thing that I want to go to you, Dave, because you have him going Mo Bamba yeah. off the board for Ricky and I. Um, who do you like better for a fit? At least at the three spot for the Kings. Are you going to go with the untapped potential, or are you going to go with Mikael Bridges if if if, if you know Mikael was, was on the board? Yeah. So you, between Ricky and I, mm-hmm. are you going to go with Ricky, or are you going to go with me? Not you pitting us against hashtag Wager podcast, but just because you're going with Kevin. Knox? I would go Kevin Knox. I think Mikael Bridges is good. And I think his fan team would be good. But I'm intrigued by what Kevin Knox, size wise, skill wise, can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I think if you develop him well, and that's the problem. If you develop him well, asterisk you're on the Kings. Yeah. Can they do something right for the for for the first time in a while? If they can develop him well, he could be something special. He could be something in the line of a point forward who is ball dominant, who could be a guy who can contribute across the board instead of just a limited role, even though in that role he could really exceed at in a Mikhail Bridges, a guy who you think, you know, kind of in the mold of a of a Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the upside for someone like Kevin Knox being in that unique role could be better. Well, and the one thing I do love about this podcast is when we talk, we kind of hear some things that we pick up on, and we start thinking, and we can we can develop our, our ideas a little bit more. Mikhail coming in is six seven with a seven two wingspan. Kevin Knox coming in uh, right now; these are pre combine measurements, but uh, coming in six nine, and this is according to the uh, the, uh, the Ringers draft guide, six nine with a seven foot wingspan. Um, so the one thing though is we see Mikhail being a two-three combo, mm-hmm. where I see Kevin Knox as a true three. Mm-hmm. And with how many fucking twos they have on this team, I think they just need to bear down and take a three, take the project as at, at, in Kevin Knox as the three. I know it really it's positionless basketball now, so it really doesn't matter too much. Mm-hmm. But I just think that Kevin Knox is more of a fluid fit, and again, fits the timeline. But com- again, Mikhail Bridges, if they go with Mikhail Bridges, it's not a wrong pick. I'll be completely honest. If I'm going with my number one choice, though, mm-hmm. it's not making a pick at all. It's trading it for yeah. something else, future picks for a team that wants Trey Young. We will do trades mm-hmm. at some point in one of these mock drafts. Oh, I'm not but saying today we have to. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. I that's Let what I would love do. Love the comment section with do one with trades. There you go. We, we, oh, we no, we will. I, mean, I think we planned I on our, our last one being trade ones. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's uh, going to be a mess. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's move into the eighth pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, with LeBronto James, or possibly not LeBronto James, uh, oh, picking at tonight. the eighth the overall. The meteor. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying if he's not on the team. They're they're up 82-59 as we record. I hate doing this. 82-59. What does LeBron got? Uh, big numbers. Did you see what Enos Cantor said today? He's welcoming LeBron to this. And, and to didn't the Enos also was like shit talking LeBron yeah. when he was uh-huh. in New York? This yeah, year. LeBron's got like twenty eight. Whatever, six, different twenty eight and six, and it's still like six minutes left in the third. What he's shooting? Uh, eight of thirteen. Oh, perfect from the line. Go. He's ah, not the goat, but he's, he's the got a really steals. good player right, right now. Anyways, I'm going to the Cavs yeah. at eight overall. Um, 
Steve Oster, we're going to go to you. Back-to-back picks here. Yep. Uh, who yep. are the Cavs going with with the eighth overall pick? I'm going to have them going Trey Young because I think LeBron will be there. I think you go ahead and add someone at the point guard who takes the ball out of LeBron's hands a little bit more because, honestly, the, the experiment going with, you know, someone like George Hill, who we thought was the ideal fit, We've already seen that lineup rotate and change because he wasn't able to perform at the level required mm-hmm. of a team like this Cleveland Cavaliers competing in the playoffs. I think you add someone like Trey Young, who stretches the floor out to about the mid-court line, <laughs> um, where you have to legitimately guard the kid, and he has elite passing skills. Like we're we talk about how amazing mm-hmm. of a passer Ben Simmons was coming out. Like Trey Young is like a notch below that. It's mm-hmm. not that far. It, it's I, I think he is actually a better. Probably I'll go on par with Lonzo Ball coming out of college. Their, their passing skills, Damn. the IQ of an offense. Like mm-hmm. I would love to see what this kid can do in an actual offense because he played in a, at a school where he was the offense and he was still averaging nine assists a game, yeah. didn't double really team, team around him either, and just jacking up shots from the outside as the only option. So him on a team like the Cavs, where they're positioned with wings on the outside, taking three point shots, where he can create open looks, and I'm just. Him falling to them is ideal. Well, and hell, I mean, it, it, it didn't give oh, a open option for LeBron to play off ball again. Yeah. Um, and also, it's just going to help Kevin Love out, too. So, yes. I mean, it's going to help that whole team. Ricky, you already spoiled this in the yeah. last pick with the Kings. You already said that no, he's, you, it's, it's going to be Trey Young if no one's Trey Young. Out. And just to go off of what yeah. Dave was saying, he is J.R. Smith and Cal Corver's wet dream. Because they can just sit there and he'll drive in, pass out. Corver just needs to catch and shoot. I mean, does coming is, off the run. LeBron already do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, say, I think their one dream is already on the team. The LeBron James. But this is a guy, not LeBron, that can do the same yeah, thing. When LeBron's not on the floor, well, hold there's. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just saying, passing wise, when LeBron's okay. not on the floor, okay. Trey Young can that. do that same thing. No, I know. He can just, do that exact same just thing. Just clarify. There's a, the, saying yes, that, saying Trey Young the is going to be the third goat we add to the list. That's I'm what I'm just saying. saying. I mean, some sarcasm. Some people He's replacing things. Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving <laughs> in a long line of amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. Cavs point guards. I'm sorry, Derek Rose also in there. That's what yeah. I want to bring up, though, because I have him going Trey Young, too. Oh, so we, we got to We agree. And, and having them having them disagree with how different this is. Is this the only, besides two? One, two. One, two. Okay. So this is the first time we've agreed since one or two. Um, but that's impressive the way so that this definitely all not taking out, Trey Young. They, they have all the great. They're not getting because <laughs> um, we're all agreeing on this. And we'll get we'll get to why they're not probably taking Trey Young in, in a little <laughs> bit. But I have him going Trey Young because not only is the best player on the board, um, but also again, hold on, I want to clarify that because I still think Colin Sexton's a better player. I think he's a better uh, better think, NBA player. But I think the one thing is uh, Trey Young fits more teams. So I think that's what that's what I'll say, and I think okay. he's also going to be the best player on most NBA teams mm-hmm. boards. So that's why I think I'm, that's why I'm saying Trey Young is is the best player on the board. Uh, but Trey Young again, not only does he fit uh, LeBron when LeBron's holding the ball mm-hmm. because of, because of his ability to shoot, not only does he take off uh, pressure from LeBron passing wise, but also this is a guy that LeBron loves. This is a guy that LeBron well, openly talked about and this I mean, year in interviews. He loves what Trey Young brings to the floor. This is going to make LeBron James happy. And just because you brought Colin Sexton into it and Dave compared Trey Young a little bit to Lonzo Ball, I literally, like, I Passing feel ability. like, yeah, but I I'm feel gonna clarify like. Because one of them can shoot. Well, yeah, Trey Young can shoot. <laughs> but I feel like this is almost, it's not exactly similar or yeah. exactly the same, but it's similar to what the what the differences between Lonzo 
and De'Aaron Fox was last year, to where I feel like Colin Sexton is more in that De'Aaron Fox I mean, mold. Just thinking that because the Trey SEC Young, and the hair. Well, no, Trey Young is also more in the Lonzo Ball role because joking, the joking. one thing that they were talking about when the Lakers drafted him is we didn't expect the shot to be as bad, but it's like oh he's got to fix it. But well, he's got it. He's get, can hit from three and he can pass. That's a Trey Young and is. he can rebound really. And Colin well. Sexton is a guy where De'Aaron Fox was more of that driver type of a player. So that's mm. why to me it's I feel like. The same thing why Lonzo was picked be- picked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. higher is what I'm saying is what why Trey Young will go above Colin Sexton. I see the similarities what you're throwing out though because it, it, Lonzo and Trey Young fit this NBA a little I, bit better. I see the similarities that you're you're throwing out. Mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from. I just want to say completely different players. Though. Yeah, like Lonzo well, is not sense. similar but to Trey I'm Young. I know. Like, I'm just I just want to clarify for everybody. In the fact I'm not that, saying you're yeah, wrong. I'm in the saying fact for that everybody. One Fits better in the NBA, in this NBA, than yeah. the other, although the other can play in this NBA. Yeah, and again, you look at athlete, who's a better athlete, mm-hmm. better athlete, you'd say Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox are better athletes than Lonzo and, yep. and, and Trey Young, even though Trey Young's still athletic. Yeah. Um, and also, Trey Young brings to you Lonzo, uh, you know, uh, the passing abilities. Real quick, if you were drafting today, they're both same age, same draft class, who are you taking, Trey Young or Lonzo Ball? Trey Young. Trey Young oh, for you know, most teams. I, I think I think Lonzo. I would no. Still just go say with say it's it's a crap. blank it's blank canvas. You're picking you're picking. Mm-hmm. You, there's is no this one the guy I'm starting team. my team with? This is you're an expansion team. Mm. Seattle Su- SuperSonics are coming back. You you have a pick of and the, there's only two players available on the board. Trey Young, weirdly enough, for Trey Young or Lonzo Ball. Who are you Tra- building your team around? I would go Trey Young. I think he's the guy who he has the know. highest upside. Like Lonzo Ball can do a he can do everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he will never be your number one scorer on a team. Trey Young can lead your team in points, assists, and most likely turnovers. This is going to be a video. Turning off. Yep. Oh, we I need to fill it. time. This is going to be a video. I'm going to go with Trey Young only because. Uh Although what? No, just go finish. Because I feel like although he's not a straight like same thing will happen. Yeah. He is closer to Steph Curry than Lonzo Ball will ever be. I just want to say Ricky Widmer put Lonzo Ball in his top ten for starting point guards before he played a game. I was really high on him coming to Trey Young. Trey Young's going to be a top three point guard. in these fucking (laughs) rankings this year. Numero uno, baby. Jesus Christ. He's going to be the Kyrie. Kyrie got injured. So he's going to beat Steph. (laughs) Yeah. So he's going to be better than Steph. He literally replaces. Steph next, before he plays ne- the game. The next coming. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, it's Steph 1, Trey Young 2. Oh I my think, God. Sean, Sean, who would you go with? Given given the option of the Ball expansion team, Baller Young, who would you go with? I don't I'm nervous now. Don't, I don't want to I don't want to do positional right. rankings now. I'll, just, I'll, I'll give you a little, little bit of time to think then. Because no, the, no, I, I know the answer. Okay. It's Trey Young. Yeah. All right, so you are going Trey Young. Because he, if, if, he's, if I'm drafting a guy to build a team around... It's Trey Young. I want I want that scoring ability. Now, if he's not my number one option, I'd probably go Lonzo, to be honest with you, because I think mm-hmm. he's a better defender. He's, he yes. brings more to my team. He's a better rebounder, and also he's a better passer. So it's depending and on the is team. Is he a better teammate? Oh. I want uh, Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Yes. That's, that's Lonzo's a better thing. teammate. Do you think, I, I think that Lonzo I don't have, have some question. leadership skills that Trey Young doesn't have right now. Yeah, See, Lonzo's I, more of a leader. Yeah, You saw that with, with 100%. Yeah. Lonzo is more of a leader, but I don't have a question of either of these guys. I'm not saying not he can't being be. the leader of my team. I'm just team. saying, yeah. like right now, Lonzo has the body size on his side by a yeah. mile. Yeah, he has. They're similar. Rebounding. They're similarly athletically. Similar athletically, but Lonzo's also incredibly taller <laughs> and and longer than yeah. he is. Um, he can defend at a very high level in the NBA. I mean, there's look. He he's a very yeah, very good player, that. but that shot is just so 
busted. Yeah, it's a, it's the scoring that gives Trey the edge. Because I think passing wise, I, I'm giving it a draw. Let, yeah, let's let's get back let's to the, the Cavs. But a, I, I think that's a good later. good discussion. Um, but here's the big question for the Cavs: We yeah. all have him going Trey Young. Mm-hmm. We think he fits with uh, the, the players Beautiful. that are currently on the roster. Yep. It, it's not, and he's also the best player on most people's boards. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a clear fit. LeBron loves him. Boom, fits in. However, are they keeping the pick? Yes or no? If they I'm have the eighth s- overall pick, because this is the this is where the lottery is. Yeah. You know where they're picking, mm-hmm. according to us, according to this fucking thing, according yeah. to this goddamn thing. This rattle is where that they're shit picking. around some more. I'll, yeah, I'll rattle it around. According <laughs> to this thing, that's where this is where the Cavs are picking. Do they trade the pick? I'm gonna say no. However, the only two players I can see them trading the pick for, and I'll tell you why neither will probably happen. Number one will be Kawhi Leonard. Yep. I don't think that happens because yeah, the pick is nice. But I don't think they have. I don't think the Spurs are going to say, "Yeah, we'll take on your trash so that you can have Kyrie." So they have enough. They're not Kyrie, after that. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, they don't have yeah. enough after that. So the other one is Paul George. Now the only thing is, are the Thunder going to be happy with just the eight and trash? That is more likely. But I still think neither well, of those options. Well, George happen. is a free agent. Well, yeah. I'm talking sign and trade because he can get more money if he signs and trades. Well, and also one thing. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's not it's not like a super. You don't it's get not the super su- max. It's not super max, but um, he does get more money if he signs and then trades. You're right, and but also I think that work kind of works too with the Thunder too because um, the guys that even mm-hmm. though they're trash as you label them, uh, they need guys to play around Russ. And they're trash they could, for the Spurs, is what I'm saying. Yes, because the Spurs need number one options, yeah. or they need guys that can step in. Maybe not number one options. I don't but they, know. They, I think they yeah. need they, they, the they Thunder. Need guys have that fit the guys the that are on the Aldridge. Cavs don't fit for the the, the Spurs in my mind, like mm-hmm. Jared okay. Smith. Uh, you can't Kyle see Jared Smith reporting no. to pop, but I could totally I could totally see Russell Westbrook passing it to. J.R. Smith. Smith. Oh, I could totally. And, and, or Kyle you know, Nail and three. Yeah, so I, I see I see that possibly yeah. being a, a, a possibility. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Do they trade the pick, Dave? Uh, no. No, I think they're they're going to hold on to the pick. I think this is going to be a weird case where they'll hold the pick until we find out what LeBron does. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> this there's no point. This happens before the free agency. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't think they pull the trigger. I think it's sort of similar to what they did with Wiggins, right? They mm-hmm. took Wiggins. And then when they're like, all right, yep. we're definitely getting Kevin Love now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what they do. So, yeah. I think I, I agree with you that they will keep the pick, then they will think about trading it. But does Trey Young, just Trey Young alone, mm-hmm. make LeBron stay? Ricky. No. no. So, no matter who they bring in, doesn't get LeBron to stay. It doesn't move the needle at all. Nope, not whatsoever. Really? Exactly. Yeah, it's what I just said. Like for, I mean, LeBron, I'm just, I'm just LeBron, shocked that it doesn't move it at all. LeBron's going to have so many other reasons that that's going to be like at the bottom of the So what's the, the number one ball. reason? The number one reason is, is he happy with the current situation and not one player but, is going to change Trey Young doesn't improve the situation. It, it minor, minorly, See, but he doesn't change the yeah. situation. Like, that's the thing where it's like, does one player really push this team over the top year one? I what? think it's going to be a... How he's feeling, he's going to take time. He'll go to banana boat yeah, style yeah. and go on vacation and think about what it. What part of the situation do you think he's upset with then? Um, LeBron. I would first off say the the main part is just I feel like it's that rift between him and the organization still. It, I feel like is it's like you're not rift? doing enough for me. Yeah, they did everything they traded on, but it's like, come on. You still didn't get me enough. I still had to carry this team in the playoffs. Without me, you would have been screwed. Well, I mean, Caleb has helped a, a, a lot. I mean, he stepped up a bit. Tristan yeah. Thompson stepped up a bit. Dave, what do you think? Do you think it moves the needle a bit? Or I think it moves the needle. Do you I think, think Trey Young makes him stay alone? 
No, okay. no, I don't think Trey Young is the guy who's going to be like, oh, come on, LeBron wanted Baz coming out of college mm-hmm. when he was on Miami. He's like, oh yeah, get that guy, he'll help us. And then it was like, deuces. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that Trey. Young... Deuces. <laughs> take my, great. take my tail to South Beach. Uh, left South Beach, man. Oh, that's right. Left. Um, I'm sorry, I, I was thinking the other way. Yeah, before. No, I, I think Trey Young, good it, coming in. Yes, it, it moves the needle. 100 percent moves the needle. Is it enough on its own? No, I think a lot needs to be done during the soft season to see what kind of wiggle room they have with contracts because it looks like right now as we're doing this, Cleveland's going to at least the conference finals. Mm-hmm. I believe they will likely end up in the uh, championship. Uh, going you don't think a Kyrie-less Boston They team are pulling some <laughs> ridiculous shit. Like, I don't want to say it's going to beat 76ers still have a chance. They're still in it. Yeah. Real quick, real quick. If Brad, I think Brad, if Brad Stevens, Stevens out coaches, coach. if Brad Stevens out coaches LeBron James, mm-hmm. I don't even, like, then LeBron might just join. He'll be like, he'll join Boston. Like, so Brad, you got any openings over there? Hey, Kyrie, I'm back. <laughs> real quick, we talk about LeBron not getting help. Caleb, two for I'm three watching. from three. Yeah. Kyle Korver, four for five from three. And JR's perfect from three. Yeah, it's disgusting um, right now. They can't miss. I, I think that it moves the needle, and I think it does at least put Cleveland in the front runner. It keeps because, Cleveland because, because, because I think the thing is is that it gives them one of the most attractive pieces mm-hmm. in this draft because of his star potential in Trey Young, and also it, it's a fit for the Cavs. So it's not going to only help the Cavs um, if Trey Young stays, but it's also going to help them get more support oh, for him. So that's LeBron, why I think it does more. Could you be happy with the pick, but it's not like, oh man, we drafted Trey Young. Got no, staying, of course. Guys. I'm not saying that, but I think yeah. I think it puts Cleveland on the front Sorry, running. Sorry, Enos. I think it, it, it puts does. Cleveland on the front running if they get Trey Young. Now, if Trey Young got off the board and mm-hmm. they get a guy like McHale, again, not saying that McHale isn't great and not saying that he couldn't, mm-hmm. he could fit on this team. Yeah. He definitely could. But again, I think that doesn't move the needle as much. Trey Young would move that needle. So it's going to be interesting to see. And again, that's where the Kings come into play. Mm-hmm. That's where the phone phone calls, the trades get made. Yeah. They don't need Trey Young. Hey, who needs Trey Young? Bang, mm-hmm. bang, bang, bang. Yep. Uh, but that's that's going to be something that's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, finally, let's move now to New York, the Mecca, the Big Apple. At number nine, overall, the New York Knicks, after selecting Frank Nikitalina from France last year, will select who, Ricky Widmer? Kevin Knox. And the reason why is kind of the same thing that you were going with is the Knicks, to me— are not going to compete next year. They're going to be not really bad, but they're going to be like top 10 bad going to the beginning of the season. Then Chris Stops will come back Jan- or J- yeah, January. I almost said July. January, February from his knee injury. Then we'll see how they finish the season. Go with a guy, like you said, more of a project you can develop. And then next year when you're in this situation again, you just get another player. Dave Oster. Who are the Knicks taking at contracts. number nine overall? I think the Knicks are going to take Kevin Knox out of Kentucky. There it goes. I think uh, I hate to play. We agree with Ricky here, but I, I think I like the situation for him. He gets to come into this team, and honestly, is probably going to get heavy minutes early on, and potentially be one of their. Uh, now I'm not a better player, but he'll get his opportunity of shots mm-hmm. because Tim Hardaway Jr. is clearly their number one scorer right now with KP out. But between Trey Burke showing us something this past season. And watching Frank develop as a guard, I think his offseason will kind of dictate the involvement of Kevin Knox, like how much of a role he'll play in the offense. But I still believe Kevin Knox will get a heavy dose. I think he's going to probably average like nine shots a game Mm -hmm. pretty early on. So I I think that you go with a guy who, like I said earlier, 
can really be a, a multi-talented uh, wing in this league. I think he's someone who has a ton of potential and isn't just going to be pigeonholed into being a role player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just, you know, how much can he show and how will coaching help develop him on this team? Because it's very young. Like Kirk, you said, it's unlikely that they're going to be a, a non-lottery team. So you're probably going to be back up here surrounding them with more and more talent between KP, Frank, himself, and I think that that's a really good core moving forward with. I don't know who the hell to pick here. I'm going to be honest. I put <laughs> a name tough. down. Yeah, you did. Um, you did, actually. But there's four options for them in mm-hmm. my mind. Mikhail okay. Bridges right now, again, is the best player on the board, and the, and I, he's falling in my mock draft right now. Yep. Um, so he's still available. Is there a reason why he's falling? No. I've, I've, I think I've talked about it enough. Yeah. I, just, I, think, I think there's more potential in Kevin Knox, Mo Bamba, and Trey Young's a better fit for the Cavs. And then also Michael Porter Jr., too. I don't think Mikhail's going to go five because they don't really need a two there. Um, for the Grizzlies, and I think that, that'd be the, the top point he would go would be five, and yep. then he, the fall, furthest he'd be falling is is, is here at nine because I have them going Mikael Bridges, but the four guys they have him go that, that could go here: Mikael Bridges, Wendell Carter Jr., um, Colin Sexton, and Miles Bridges. Yeah. Now, the two that probably are, are really don't fit right now, um, a need, but might work on this team. Wendell Carter, again, he's going to bring offense and defense. Very well-rounded player. Mm-hmm. Showed a lot of potential uh, at Duke. Was a guy that really, you know, was the glue on this team, weirdly enough, as a freshman. Absolutely. Um, really helped this team become who they were um, mm-hmm. and consistently picked up the slack for Marvin Bagley, consistently helped when Marvin Bagley was on the floor. Wendell Carter is a glue guy, and I really like his fit in New York. Um, Colin Sexton is the other guy where, yes, they just drafted Frank, mm-hmm. but we consistently talk about Frank possibly being a two. And having the athletic ability of... Colin Sexton on this team running pick and rolls with Kristaps Porzingis could be absolutely deadly, and that's why I bring that up if, as Colin Sexton being a thing. But I don't think they're going to go uh, with Colin Sexton just because they just drafted Frank, and I don't think they're going to go with Wendell Carter because I still think they have a fit on this team in Enos. Yeah, um, and I agree. It, so I don't think they're going to go away with Enos Cancer. So I don't think they're going to have a need for Wendell Carter Jr. So that opens up either Mikhail or Miles Bridges going to. The Knicks here. I think McHale again is a safer pick. I think that he again similarly, you know, similar backgrounds. Miles and McHale do have both mm-hmm. on powerhouses in the NCAA. Both guys uh, play the three. Uh, McHale uh, more of a three and D guy, prototypical for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Miles, a guy that again is really well rounded, is a good scorer, decent shooter, um, good leader. Uh, a guy that too. has a number one mentality, yeah. Um, but he might be held back by his body, by his athleticism. Um, so that's why I have Mikael Bridges going there. Safer pick, and I think he's a better fit um, on this New York Knicks team because, again, they already have a number one right now in KP when healthy. So Mikael Bridges would be that too. And I also, again, don't know where Miles is. Miles has the mentality of a number one, but I don't think he will ever be a number one. In, He's a guy in, in you really love last year, and then this year you didn't, you know, he didn't kind of grow enough to, yeah, to fit that. And especially on on such a great Michigan State team, maybe that was a problem. He was mm-hmm. he was on a great Michigan State team and didn't have the chance to be a, a, a guy that was given the ball a ton and, and have a high usage and be a guy that was relied on a, mm-hmm. a massive amount. But even then, Jaron Jackson only played 22 minutes a game. He didn't really, uh, you know, he needed to be a number one scoring option for them and. Again, I didn't see enough out of his jumper that made him, you know, say that's the guy. I didn't see enough athletically to say that's the guy. Where McHale brings that athleticism, he brings that length, he brings that size, and he brings that prototypical um, player that you want in the NBA. That three and D, mm-hmm. long, lengthy, quick guy to plug and play. So again, I don't think this makes him a playoff team. Um, I think Enos. Uh, KP, Mikhail Bridges, and Frank, though, gives you a really nice four, uh, starting four. 
um, on this team. And also, if you want to play Tim Hardaway at the two, he can yeah, play at the two offensively, and Mikhail can just pick up the better, the, the either the two or three defensively, yep. whoever is whoever's the better scorer, um, because Tim Hardaway... It's not a great defender. Yeah. Um, so no, that's yeah. No, no hiding that. So there we go. The um, other so question I've got that's for why I you going. is uh, I can't remember if this is our comments or Reddit. Um, I want to say it was our comments. Someone probably brought up geniuses. Yeah, I know, right? Um, no, our com- yeah, our our commenters. I should say. Yeah, we're, we're geniuses here on yep. the MVP. So on someone the MVP. made the comparison yeah. <laughs> on the MVP. Someone made the comparison of uh, Mikhail Bridges and someone last year who went much later uh, in Josh Hart. Uh, to the Lakers. Hmm. I don't see that. And Why, coming you, in college, um, similar shooting percentages. Yeah, but Josh was uh, a one. Sim- but, Josh was the one that played the two in, in the right, NBA. Right, and he guarded anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was good defensively. He was good offensively. Yeah. As far as being a prototypical 3 and D player, he does fit the mold. Obviously, the question there is just... I guess, do you see anything in that comment where, you know, one guy who fell so far and this year we're valuing 3 and D so highly now? Well, a couple things. One, Josh Hart was a senior. I got it. I got the comment. Okay, real, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go to yeah. it right after. Um, one, Josh Hart was a senior. Was comment. Mm-hmm. Um, so good job. Uh, good job, Ricky. But uh, yeah. Josh Hart was a senior. Mm-hmm. So Mikhail Jr., um, yep. obviously different. Mikhail, much bigger. Um, I think Josh Hart's 6'3", or 6'5". Maybe, maybe Josh Hart might be 6'5", but he still has two inches on Josh Hart. Um, and also, Josh, again, um, didn't show the defensive versatility mm-hmm. that Mikhail brings. He's a good defender for, I think, guards, but Mikhail has shown that he could probably do one to three fairly easily. Um, so that's why I think Mikhail has that higher upside, um, at least the higher uh, projection here, because, um, again, uh Played uh, three years compared to four, uh, has more defensive versatility. I think he's still a better shooter than Josh Hart was. And finally, again, similarity does make sense because they both come from Josh Hart system. was six five with a seven foot wingspan, and I think Mikhail six, six seven, seven with, with a seven, seven two. two, so two inches so out roughly, on both. Yeah. Um, and again, it, there is a similarity there because they do come from J Wright system. What's the comment though? Well, and it was Matt who made the comment. It was Matt who Matt twenty four. Oh, what's um, up, Matt twenty four? It was <laughs> on our Knicks video. Okay. No, we're talking about yeah, the Knicks. It's on the Knicks video. He said, I don't understand the fasc- uh, fascination with Mikhail Bridges. Josh Hart was picked 30th. Hart turned 24 or 22 March last year. Oh, Bridges right. is 22 in August. That's true. Hart career at Nova, 3.6, uh, 3. Uh, the game, times, yep. 39%. Bridges career um, was 3.7 with 40%. Hart per was 18, 22, 23, 28 Bridges per 18, 21, 26. D, DBPM, Hart two, th- 2.7, 4.1, 3.8, 4.0. Bridges 6.3, 6.9, 4.4. I guess that's it. Question is, is Bridges that much better defensively than Hart? Did Hart defend guards? Did Bridges guard wings? Bridges does guard wings. So yes. that's the thing. Is he, he, he projects to better uh, defensive versatility than Josh Hart. Um, good comment, by the way, Matt. Um, yeah, and really well Very done. well versed. And I just want to add this. Nick Dreezy put another point. He said, or another point could be is where they are slash were relative to those in their respective drafts. Is Mikhail that much better than the others in this draft, or was Hart that much worse in his? I think it, it's, it's interesting because that was a much weaker draft last year, um, Josh Hart, where Josh Hart was. Um, Which much, is funny because Matt said he thought that last year's draft was, was deeper. 
He said he thought deeper, the same thing deeper, last year's draft was deeper. It depends, deeper, are you but, talking top-end quality mm-hmm. versus... Well, that's yeah. why I think Mikhail falls to nine. Yeah. Because, again, he's probably the safest pick. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing where Josh Hart... Again, there was a lot of potential in last year's draft from, I think, like 1 to 20. There was a ton of potential yeah. there. Um, but it wasn't the star potential where now you have star potential. I and mean, we just talked about Trey Young, who I said had, had superstar potential going at eight. And yep. you didn't have that last year where uh, I can't remember the eighth pick right now. Um, who was after the Bulls? Oh, God damn it. It was Frank. It was Frank. Frank is a, a Frank was a complete project. Yeah. And we, we project him as to be a really good defender. Um, the camera's going to die, maybe. No, it's not. It's, we got a, a couple minutes. So I can finish this off. <laughs> um, Frank went eight. Um, and again, Frank had a lot of defensive versatility, and, and we but he, we knew he was going to take a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Where a guy like Mo Bamba, again, he might take some time, but there's a lot there to deal to to go with. And we see his top end being a guy like Joel Embiid, who's already a star, has the mentality too. And you bring was, up the, the thing as was well. Was Frank also a player. Phil Jackson pick, or was he the first pick? After he was a Phil Jackson pick, okay. but that, yeah. I don't think that. I think he was he was already mocked there. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dennis Smith though was no, still on say, the board. You had the explosiveness mm-hmm. of that. So. I, it, it's a very interesting question. I'm, I'm glad you brought I that up. Phil, um, like great KP, comments from them. Frank, yeah. like, both yeah. of them Euro players. Uh, great, great comment brought, brought up there. Um, mm-hmm. But I, again, I think it's just something where. Do you think it's a versatility being able to guard wings? It's the versatility. Um, I will give Josh Hart credit. He was more of a, a number one go-to guy for for Villanova and showed like that that go get him uh, mentality. Um, I, I just think it's also it's it's one thing where um, uh, Mikhail is a better shooter. Mm-hmm. I, I know you might say again the percentages are are there. Uh, Josh Hart in his senior year shot forty percent from from three. Mikhail shot forty three percent. But you always we always bring up the free throw percentage and uh, Josh Hart's best year. Um, in college, shooting with, uh, at the line was 75%. Mm-hmm. Mikhail, at times, hit 91%, and last year hit 85%. Mikhail is a better shooter, mm-hmm. so that's why it's also a 3 and D guy. Where Josh Hart's a combo guard at 1 and 2. You're not really looking for 3 and D guys, and Mikhail has the ability to play the wing, and 3 and D wings absolutely murder. So it's also the the, the price of the position, the price of the, the prototypical player that he is, and also the defensive versatility. And that nice. plays into the prototypical player. So, again, that's a, 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 good a, a, answer great, and a com- great question. Yeah, great comment. But the question I was kind of thinking of mm-hmm. with this is, and this kind of goes into the article I wrote last week, is does the pick get traded for Kawhi? Do they work out a deal where they trade this pick in players – maybe this pick, future picks, and current players for Kawhi Leonard to get him in a major market. I, correct If they for, can't get LeBron or if that ship is I sailed. think you should pull up the, the deal. Um, the but one it, that but, I have, I've got it. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think if I remember correctly, you had Tim Hardaway mm-hmm. Jr., the ninth pick. Yep. And then Trey Burke. Now Trey I, Burke. Now, I did not include future picks Yeah. only because it's like mm-hmm. everyone's going to offer a future pick. And that's straight up for Kawhi. Yeah, that is straight up for Kawhi. No one I else. just don't see Tim Hardaway Jr. with his contract. And mm-hmm. I know you did that You did that because yeah. of Kawhi's contract. Yeah. It has to work and out. The only other thing I said was, realistically, the Knicks will be like, hey, take Courtney Lee. And the Spurs might say, no, we don't want that track. I think, Give Cor- us Tim Hardaway. I think Courtney Lee's attractive to them. First, yeah, I think Courtney Lee fits better than them. And mm-hmm. I'm Real quick, Cornelius doesn't get fucking respect. That <laughs> guy fucking me. deserves he had respect. Was well, not last year's best year? Yes, he had a good year last year. Has been good before. I have a, a guy in my fantasy baseball group <laughs> chat that bashes on Courtney Lee. It's disrespectful. <laughs> Courtney Lee is a really good three and D player, and it's not his Tim fault Hardaway that there was Junior a ton of money floating around. And he got twelve million dollars, and compared to his 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 uh, his his, his uh, God, I got him going. Compared to well, it's Courtney. Compared to who? Compared. <laughs> this is a star here. Uh, compared to his um his. Uh, Fuck, what's the word? 
his counterparts. Counterparts, thank you. His counterparts, um, his contemporaries, that's mm-hmm. the word. His contemporaries, like in the shooting up position, he has a really reasonable contract. There's guys above him that have terrible contracts and are just not as good as Corbin Tim Lee. Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. I think even Alan Krabs there, even though Alan Krabs are really Alan Krabs on a horrible contract, everybody knows that. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Like, there are guys with much worse contracts that are worse players than Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee would be a great fit with the Spurs, a good 3 and D player, fills the, the two spot, will play next next along DeJounte Murray. I think that's a good fit. Um, and I'm just sick of people fucking trashing Courtney Lee. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. would be a good, uh, good volume addition well, to that. I don't see Trey Burke well, fitting and it's like I, too. Trey it's Burke like I said, mark. too, another thing that plays into it is... With Courtney Ooh, Lee, he's what? Cho- he's chasing thirty years old right now. Thirty-one. He's years. 31, thirty-two. Yeah. According to Spot that guy Rack, doesn't age. Whereas though. Tim Hardaway Jr. is twenty-six. Oh, I totally. So agree. I'm Tim going. Like, I picked the is, younger. Yeah. Like the way I saw it was the Knicks were like, "Here, take our older player," and the Spurs were like, "No, we want that it's younger player." It's not the deal. Yeah. It's that you call them trash. Yeah. <laughs> you know I just throw it out there sometimes. He's still. He's, he's got two years left. He's got two years left. When the season starts, he'll be around 33 years old. He'll be 35 I, when the contract ends. I just don't think we can throw completely out the window, although and, I don't think it'll happen And either. I don't think you should be calling Courtney Lee trash. <laughs> um, I, again, I don't. Yep. if we talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers, mm-hmm. who have a spot higher, um, giving the Spurs their garbage, I don't think it works out for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So it's really the same reason. They have a worse yeah. pick, and to me, mm-hmm. probably less desirable players outside Plus of Courtney Lee. Plus there's a team we're going to talk but, about in like two, three yeah. picks that have two back-to-back. Outside of Courtney Lee, I mean, that's probably that's probably the most desirable mm-hmm. play, player probably for both the Cavs and Knicks, but also it's Courtney Lee for yeah. Kawhi Leonard, so it's not going to happen. Um, so I think they're making the pick here in, in, in the Knicks. Um, but it, it really depends on who's available. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think they just go with Mikael Bridges because he's safe, and he's also going to be able to stick around the league for, again, like 10 mm-hmm. to 12 years, 13 years. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Um, you guys have anything else about the Knicks or you guys no, want to move that's on? That's wrap. All right, cool. I forget even how long we talked about the Knicks just because this has been <laughs> such a long podcast. Um, let's just update people uh, again. Support us on Patreon, patreoncom podcast. Check out Mosoil podcast if you want to buy a shirt. Also check out Ricky's article that I just referenced. Uh, I talked about Kawhi Leonard um, and the five possible trades that the Spurs could explore. Also rate us five stars on iTunes if you haven't already. This is probably closing in on two hour long podcast. You guys wanted it, you demanded it. You're gonna get one next week too when the lottery is actually set. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways. <laughs> Let's jump in. That one's gonna be a little more, uh, uh, a little quicker. We won't have yeah. this half hour to roll balls. Exactly. Yeah. Um, to and, roll and also, balls. and also, we'll focus in on picks. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, this is yeah. This is the most in depth we've gone on any of these prospects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love picks. It. Anyways. Uh, anyways, tenth. We're gonna go to Ricky. Seventy Sixers from the Lakers. Who do they pick? For me, it's been I've been back and forth on the Seventy Sixers pretty much since our two point Do they go at a three? Do they go at a four? To me, it comes down to then, do you take Miles Bridges? Do you take Wendell Carter Jr.? I'm going to take the BPA here. I'm going to go with Wendell Carter, the four for the 76ers, who could also slide over to the five if you need him. I think he's more of a five on that team. Possibly. On that team? Yeah. Not, if Joel's out there, then no. Mm, but, but if Joel's not out there, then yes. That's why I would like that I like that pick for the 76ers. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Dave, who do you got him going with? Uh, I'm so conflicted here. Yes. I what, want, what are you thinking? Okay, I'm between two guys. I mocked Zaire Smith here last time around. You did. I like him because he has a ton of potential. Yes, he does. And the Sixers are probably not going to pick this high again for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking highest potential on the board would be either he or, and I know this is going to sound stupid, but I think someone maybe even, you know, a Miles Bridges or Colin Sexton. So the weird situation mm-hmm. is the Sixers are looking at this pick and going, 
Do we take the guy with the highest potential left on the board, regardless of fit? Or do we go for the fit because we're competing for play deep playoff runs yes. now? And I think they are. I think they I think they twist it and they go for someone like Wendell Carter because you're seeing the impact of Joe off and Joe on. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping, and this again is another you have to be optimistic that Markel Fultz next year will be a full time point guard, will have a three point shot. If neither if if you have questions about either one of those, yep. I'm not uncomfortable taking Colin Sexton here. But I'm weirdly okay with that because I think that JJ is gonna sign back to a if you know that's another if yeah. if you get JJ back on a hey, good deal, we gave you money last year. How about you help us out? This I mean, well, he still he signed for two years. No, it was correct? a one year deal. Was it? Okay, it was a one year deal. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Okay, twenty three gotcha. million. Sure. Okay, okay. So that's the thing. If if because how well he's doing this year, you know, career year, like I don't know, maybe somebody makes him an offer that he can't refuse. Yeah, or maybe he just loves the process so damn much he stays. You've got a lot of ifs over there. Mm-hmm. That's the concern because if. You think you're going to lose JJ? Can Markel Fultz play the two if he has a three point shot? Can he split ball handling time with them? Like you've got so many questions, and that's the problem. I think I'm going Wendell Carter here. I'm locking in because he's the guy when your second best player and Joel Embiid is off the court, you need someone there. Well, and that's Whoa. the thing. I, that's I, the one uh, thing. Stop! 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 Pump the brakes! Pump the brakes! He heard it. Yeah. You think Ben Simmons is a best player, better player than Joel Embiid? I think Ben Simmons is a player you have to build around. Okay. Yeah. I think Joel Embiid, well, when Magic healthy, Johnson. is amazing. But at the same time, his impact when he's off the floor is so much larger than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a primary ball handler. TJ McConnell, we're watching him be subbed out yep. for TJ freaking McConnell right now. I love TJ. Trust, I love TJ. So does but Jake. Between TJ McConnell and Markel Fultz as your backup ball mm. handlers, I'm not concerned about that position as much. But when JoJo is off the court... That team rolling with Amir Johnson at center, mm-hmm. kill me. Well, just kill the, me now. Again, thi- you know, I want to let you talk. Okay. Just, here, to just, quick. just getting this victory, though, for mm-hmm. having Dave say that Joel Embiid's not the best player on his team. <laughs> he is the best great. playing bat- player on his team yeah. right now. I'm just saying. But I well, think that Ben Simmons is the, freaking Magic Johnson. The thing that I was going to add to that is mm-hmm. there's a difference that we've seen already with JoJo <laughs> not on the court against a yeah. team like the but the Heat, yeah. I almost said the Magic, compared to a well-coached, better team in the Boston Celtics. I mean... Well, the disrespect to Eric Spolster. Sorry, Spell, but... He didn't have anybody to sorry, play there. Sorry. I mean, he had Hassan Whiteside. I mean, he had Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside didn't play. Al yeah. Horford's a god. He's been an all-star for... He's super underrated. Al Horford is underrated. I realize Are you saying Al Horford's not underrated? The takes were taken at this table Al Horford's like, what, a five-time all-star? Oh, no, no. I, hey, Hassan, sit on that bench. Horford, Horford's good. And Hassan, like, we, we talked about this before the series with the Heat. Mm-hmm. It was Hassan can only get it up for JoJo. And he couldn't even do it this series. Yeah. It was incredibly disappointing. Well, it's because so, JoJo was not on the court he until played, late. Late, late. He played after game. All right, whatever. Game two, I think. But, yeah, he played game two on, I think. Or it was either two on or three on. I think it was way. game three because he made his debut in yeah. yeah. So, point being, I think they go with a safe pick. I think they go Wendell because... I think what and you mentioned the guy I compare him to, like his top end could be Al Horford esque. Yeah, I think he is like you said a glue guy. He's a guy who has the ability to cover up for others defensively. He has good presence around the rim. He's got good post moves. The only question is, or the only problem with him is his limitations as far as how far he can stretch the court. He's got good hands for a big man, so he can pass out of the low post. 
but him stretching out is not uh, is not going to happen easily for him. He needs he needs growth in that area. You guys didn't talk me into this pick, but I, I'm also going Wendell Carter Jr. because oh again we talked about Rashawn. we didn't talk you into it, but you're still going to make it. Or no, you're you guys didn't did. talk me into me. That was oh, okay. always going to be my pick. Yeah, oh, okay. Um, but I was I'm, confused a bit. Yeah, I'm just I'm, you guys didn't talk me into it. That was yeah. always my pick because we talked consistently about they need a backup mm-hmm. five. He wasn't on my board last time. That's why he wasn't mocked to the Sixers yep. at ten last time. Um, I had them going with uh, Miles Bridges uh, to fill that three spot. Um, you know, if, if uh, Roko's off. Um, but again, I think with Rashawn Holmes not being great, Amir Johnson b- being a waste of money, um, having Dario and Ben at the four, at least defensively, I know Ben's more of a one. Yep. Um, it's just something where I think, again, like you mentioned it, when Joe is off the floor, you need someone to go in there, and he's also that glue guy. And even if Dario's on the, off the floor, he can be that glue guy. Yeah. So I, I think that Wendell Carter is a, a good pick for them. And I think he's honestly the best pick for them, both potential and uh, right and, and fit-wise. Yeah. Because I know that Zaire Smith has a ton of potential, great uh, you know metrics, great athlete, but I think Wendell Carter is a better player. I think, he's again, he fits what the 76ers need. They don't need a star. They need a bench player. They need a glue guy. They need a leader. Wendell Carter, smart kid, good leader, was the glue guy in Duke. Good I think pedigree. I think he would even like come in and play for them at the four next to Joe. I think yeah. that you could roll with that lineup happily. Like. That's that's the disgusting thing about that. It's it's just dirty. I do like how this almost turned into a topic though about mm-hmm. how underrated Al Horford is or how overrated <laughs> he was. Not about the 76ers pick, but how uh, it's going to be interesting when we, we come we've got to some st- of these breakoff discussions that I would like to dig into. When we get when we get a starting center uh, positional ranking, it's going to be interesting. Oh, uh, our summer's going to be our off season. Whew. Also, starting coaches is going to be fun too because mm-hmm. I, I, Brad Stevens, if he wins, if he wins Brad this series, Stevens he is like might... three wins away from curing cancer. Brad Stevens is, I'll take it even even further. Brad Stevens is like three wins away from jumping Pop and Kerr in our coaching rankings. That's bigger than Kerr and and Cancer. Um, Anyways, any final thoughts on 76ers taking Wendell Carter? I think it's a good fit. Not really. I I think it's it's a good fit. I mean, there's not, it's not a pick to where it's like, oh man, this is really in-depth. It's just trust the process. Do they trade the pick? Maybe. They could possibly be, possibly could be in the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes. Although I don't think it happens. That would be incredible. They're they have, like the fourth, but they've got the ammo. major market. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got a ton of ammo. I'm they've glad got you brought that too. up. That's one. That's yeah. the ammo. Yes, mm-hmm. picks our ammo. Picks and some players. It's the process. Yeah, yeah. It's the process. Um, anyways, uh, we'll move on now to the 76ers to the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets picking number 11. We went to Ricky, I think, back-to-back time, so we're going to go mm-hmm. to David Oster. David, the number 11th overall pick, the Charlotte Hornets, after selecting the moist one in Malik Monk last year. And finally giving him a chance to play. The Jesus. Charlotte Hornets go with? They're going with Kemba's replacement in Colin Sexton. I hate to say it. But I'm gonna say it, and we've been how we've been saying it for a while is thinking the, the same thing. The time is up. The time is up for Kemba right now, and you go with a player who has similar uh, physicals to Kemba Walker, who can do similar things. Uh, he doesn't have the bit. magic that Kemba no. brought, but at Kemba's the same a much time, better ball handler though. Too, Kemba's more of a score. I like, mean, I think Kemba's an average like 19 point something, and. At Bama, so. Yeah, but averaging 19 in, in college is different than... I know, and I'm just I, saying, I, I, coming out of college, when you look at the body of work... You're attacking a soft spot mm-hmm. in Kemba Walker to me. I understand. So I'm just saying it. We, National you, you, you finish, champion finish, finish, I don't finish think her. he's better than Kemba right now. <laughs> I, I know you're not saying that. 
I'm saying that he's in the same mold. Like I said, this this is a guy who could Ricky be... thought Lonzo was better than Kemba Walker last year. He was one ahead of Kemba Walker. I know he was. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I don't I don't have those delusional problems. No, I think I always talk about him being in the mold of Eric Bledsoe. He's a guy who has the body to play all 82 games. He is physical. He is tough. That's why I say all 82 games and Bledsoe's been hurt like eight <laughs> times in his career. I understand the irony, people. Mm-hmm. But he's got the body to play in the NBA. I think he has the ability to take over games. He can go, like, intensity is there. The, the the question for me comes down to, you know, how will that transition happen with Kemba and him? Mm-hmm. Does this mean Kemba's getting traded um, during the offseason? Does this mean he's getting traded at the deadline? Or are they going to let him ride off the books and get nothing for him, you know? For me, it's that transition. Like, the Hornets, you've had your time. You couldn't pull it together with talent. Now you need to reload. You have Malik Monk and then Colin Sexton as your backcourt of the future, which mm-hmm. you should be fucking thrilled about. Now, one thing, Ricky, I just mm-hmm. want to jump in. Here's one, going off the Kemba Walker-Colin Sexton thing. Yeah. Kemba was so smooth. I oh think that's, God, that's what incredible. I want to say. Kemba was so undeniably smooth. Yeah. Don't forget national champion in college, too. I, I don't forget it. That's why mm-hmm. Kemba Walker has the yep. soft spot in my, yep. in my heart. Again, I... I that, that's where his love I, of the Huskies came from. My, yeah, exactly. My three my three pinnacle college teams, Notre Dame, Washington, and UConn. Two of them are Huskies. Two exactly. Huskies and one he grew up watching. I, well, I, love, I love dogs. Yeah. Uh, I love Huskies, And that, man. too. Uh, but, no, again, Kemba Walker, again, was so smooth. Uh, Colin Sexton, again, has that fuck you mentality of mm-hmm. I'm going to score on you no matter what yeah. uh, like Kemba does but also Colin Sexton has so much power and, and, and visceral ability and again I love him translating to the to the NBA I see uh, I know maybe this is sacrilege but I see West, some Russell Westbrook that, in I didn't want to say because uh, I know people are saying that I'm like I, I, mean, I see hey, more maybe Dennis Smith Jr. too but less athletic well that's the thing I, I totally agree he's somewhere in between because Russ has that intensity level that you can't match he has mm-hmm. like it was like Michael Jordan, Kobe, and then I want to say like Russ levels of hatred and spite, and I will win this to spite you. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely. Like, I agree with you on that. I think I, Colin Sexton is more tame than Russ. 100%. Which, he is so much more controlled. Mm-hmm. But you, like you said, somewhere between Russ, I think we're like the triangle or the Venn diagram is like Russ is on one side, Eric Bledsoe's over here, and Dennis Smith Jr. is over here. He's somewhere in between. He's got a little bit of each. I think, but I would say even Dennis Smith is more like Russ too. Like if we're comparing the, like Dennis Smith and 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 Colin Sexton, I think Dennis Smith is a little bit more like Russ. Than no, anything. that's that's fine. I'm just yeah. saying like he's got the body of Bledsoe right now. He's got the intensity of Russ, mm-hmm. and he has the potential of someone like Dennis Smith Jr. That's where fair. he can just take over games. Well, Ricky, you kind of said it. You're thinking mm-hmm. the same way. You're going well, Colin Sexton. I'm going Colin Sexton too. So this let's one, just jump in on this, like, wow. this conversation. Like, the thing it is with, and I apologize for Hornets fans that I don't have anything like really in depth here, but it's basic. It's I'm thinking either Miles Bridges because. Michael Kill, Gil, Gil, Kid Gilchrist is my only three. MKG. And he's got a player up in 2019. I don't know if he's going to take it. He probably will. Please, God, so don't. So he'll have that, <laughs> and we'll probably have him until 2020. Or the guy who's probably up next at the end of next year, which would be Kemba Walker, and I will go with the guy to replace Kemba Walker and kick that kind of three can down the road. And I'll get that either in free agency or next year's draft. 
Well, I think yeah. Well, the thing is, is it, with the three, I think you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm gonna be honest, I'm you got spaced more, out a little bit. You got more control uh, over MKG. Well, you got more, but also it, it depends on if they move the Nick Batum contract. Mm-hmm. So, yes. like, if Nick Batum's not moved, he's playing three. Right. Yeah. Um. So that's that's gonna you're be stuck with that huge there. If they, but, so, then but I the would whole more idea so is, go with a point guard. But the whole idea is is that they're gonna move Kemba with a bad contract, a la mm-hmm. Nick Batum, a la Marvin Williams. You mm-hmm. still um, need a point guard to take over after him. No, I know that's. That's why yeah. I have him going counts. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I know. I'm just he's I'm trying just to saying. lead to something here, Ricky. Okay. You gotta let the men speak. Well, I'm just saying this is this is this is the plan for them. They're, they need to draft a point guard because they're getting rid of Campbell Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like Dave said, Malik Monk and Colin Sexton is a deadly backcourt. Um, and you're, you're just bringing up the three though. You know, MKG's there. Um, I'm just saying if they don't move Batum, Batum's also there at the mm-hmm. three. Um, and that's the one thing is Kemba's not being moved because he's a bad player. Kemba's being moved because he's the only thing of value right now that isn't Malik Monk, future picks, and the current 11th pick. Yeah. That's the only thing that they, they, they have right they're now. They're trying to is dig Kemba this Walker. franchise out of horrible decisions. Exactly. So they're trying to get away from that Marvin Williams decision. They're trying to get away from that Steve Clifford, F- Clifford era. They're trying to get away from that uh, Stephen Cho era. I forget the former GM that they fired. I don't know. Uh, they're trying to get away from that era. They're, they bring in Kupchak. They're trying to you know refresh this team. I think even though Kemba Walker is uh, a top 10 point guard in this mm-hmm. league, I love him, you're going to need to take some of that value in, in Kemba Walker, pair a terrible contract, and move them somewhere else. Where are they going to move them? When they're going to move them? That I'm not sure of, but I think they're going to go with Colin Sexton because he fits that mold. He's, again, in my mind, the probably the best point guard in this draft um, and he's going behind Trey Young just because of that 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 cap that people believe Trey Young has. Mm-hmm. But he has the body, he has the physicals, he has the uh, mentality. Again, three on five against Minnesota, almost winning that game. Uh, the shots that he hit in the SEC tournament. I love Colin Sexton. I think he's a great fit there, and I think we all agree because we all have it mm-hmm. have him going there. Uh, it's just really when is Kemba Walker going to get traded, Dave? Do you think you, you got a, a a pulse on that button? When Kemba's going to get traded? If he's going to get traded, you have the you have the draft like. If it doesn't happen during the draft, I think he's there till mid-year. And then you look at that and go, well, doesn't look like we're making the playoffs this year either. Who, mm-hmm. wa- who wants Kemba Walker? Who can offer me something for Kemba Walker? I mean, if not, you let him walk. Yeah, I mean, you pray for a son injury, but you let him walk. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like, you couldn't, you're probably going to eat on a bad deal, yeah. to be honest. No, for me, it's I'm going with the guy to Kemba's going to be gone after this year, and that's why Colin Sexton's the man. So what, no, I'm saying, when, when is he going? Oh, when is he? Yeah, that was end the whole of, end of the year. I think they won't make they won't be able to make a deal mid year. They'll just have him and Sexton the whole way, and then he'll walk free agency. So they're going to let him walk. They won't let him walk. I don't think they're going to be able to make a deal. Oof. That's rough. Yep. If you draft mm-hmm. his replacement, you're not able because then you're just mm-hmm. clogging that up. You're taking yep. away time from. I don't know. They got to take a deal. Oh, whether, it's, ha- whether it's not, I mean, if it's they're either going to be a deal that the fans don't like, or they're not going to be able to get a deal done. They might not have a great value, but they need to get a deal done. They can't let mm-hmm. Kemba walk for nothing, and and they can't let take have these contracts on their team for mm-hmm. for nothing. So I, I, I'd be shocked if he's not moved. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. They didn't make a move this year. Um, finally, let's move now to uh, the first of the Clippers pick, and uh, we're going to go to uh, Ricky Widmer first for the twelfth pick. I know you're going to bring up Kawhi, but let's let's talk about well, picking first. I, the twelfth pick, who do the Clippers go? I with? originally had them going Colin Sexton here, but because the Hornets did that, obviously the Clippers can't take it. They're going to take the next point guard on the board. They're going to go with Shea Gilgis Alexander 
point guard out of Kentucky. Just take the next best available point guard Mm -hmm. because they were going to take it here no matter what. Well, and let's keep this going just because Mm -hmm. the Clippers are picking back-to-back. Who would you have them going with their team? Because it doesn't matter the order they take them. This was a tough one, and the reason I'm going to pick Robert Williams over a Mitchell Robinson. And the main reason is, is last mock I had them go with Robinson. At that time, I was more convinced that DeAndre Jordan was not going to accept his player out. Right now, I'm on the other side. I feel like DeAndre, or- DeAndre Jordan is going to take that player up. And although Robert Williams is a five who will play behind him, he's also a guy that gives me a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for, a little bit more grit, a little bit more like um, aggressiveness going after loose balls. Maybe I can pair that with DeAndre Jordan in some situations. Or if DeAndre's off the court, it gives me that kind of player to go mm-hmm. after loose balls and give me 110. Dave, give, Davey, Dave, Dave, David, Dave, whatever. Dave, 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 David, Dave. David, Daniel. Dave, uh, Dave, give Dave, me the 12th and 13th pick. Uh, I also have them going with Shea because, like we said, the need for point guards there. They've got two aging point guards on their under contract right now. You need to start you know, getting that next guy going. And then behind him, I do have Mitch Robinson there. I think just the upside, the potential of this kid coming out of high school was mocked as one of the best centers coming into this class and in this year of training i'm hoping that he has developed uh continued to develop physically develop some basketball skills the problem is you know you're not playing true five on five against the top level talent like you could have been in college so i'm gonna say that's why he falls here but he's got the physicals he's got the potential and you know we'll see what he can roll out as far as being a team player well i believe that's a kid that's gonna be at the combine as well so we're mm-hmm. gonna see what mitchell robinson can bring at I'm the combine to see that it's going to be interesting because, hell, I mean, hey, if he shows enough potential, maybe top 10 pick? Maybe. maybe Could be. Throw out there. Maybe. Um, maybe. And maybe if he comes out of the combine and sucks, he'll be like a top 20 pick. We'll, we'll see mm-hmm. where, where Mitchell Robinson falls. But, again, that potential is there. That, that ability to mold a player um, is there. We saw that with Thon Maker be attractive. And uh, the Bucks took him around this area. And uh, then they did nothing what? with him after the first year. Yeah, I think they, I think they picked him around that 10 area. But they still, again, again. Might have been like 13 or something. The, the, yeah. the mold or something. That's where uh, Thon Maker ended up going. Um, and uh, people love that Thon Maker uh, mixtape. I remember getting yelled at for not having Thon Maker mm-hmm. um, in like my number one pick. Yeah, uh, right. my number first 10 pick. In the mock. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I remember some things. Uh, I have the Clippers at 12 and 13 going with Shocker, Shea Gildas Alexander, the guard out of Kentucky. This is something we've mocked for the past, I think, three mock drafts. The Clippers mm-hmm. going with a point guard. Again, Pat Bev, Milos, really good point guards, but again, 31 years old. I think both of them are. Both had injuries this year. We're Pat not Bev healthy. Is your, we need to lock someone down defensively. Basically, yeah. we want to show Lonzo up first game of the well, year. It's 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 he's gonna be he's gonna be a guy that comes in for defensive situations mm-hmm. and he's also gonna play the last five minutes. Yeah. He, but, yeah. but Pat Bev isn't the future. And Milos, mm-hmm. he's very good. He's gonna bring something that's you know a little funky to to this team in, in his and his passing abilities. He's gonna open up lanes. Um but I think that Shea Gilgis again is is a guy that can be a future point guard in, in a team. And he's going to need time to develop, so playing behind Pat Bavimilos is going to be great for him. He doesn't need that time like Colin Sexton. I think Colin Sexton just needs NBA experience mm-hmm. to yes. become good, um, where I think Shea needs to at least adjust to the NBA. It took him time in college to adjust to college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he needs to fill out a little bit more, be on a team, uh, and play behind a Pat Bev and a Milos. And I think he's going to be able to do that. In L.A., he's not going to have a ton of pressure to be the guy right away, but he has that potential to be the guy um, in the NBA. And then at 13, I have him going with Miles Bridges because, again, they have Danilo at the three. Uh, Toby can go three or four. Um, but I think that at that three spot, you need a guy that is going to take over for Danilo. And even though that contract's pretty 
hefty. Um, I yeah, think that Miles Bridges, again, he doesn't need to be the guy on a team. Um, he has a mentality that could be the guy. And Danilo also doesn't have a clean bill of health. Bringing a guy like Miles Bridges could really uh, uh, help that team out. In, Twenty-one and twenty-two million dollars uh, for the next two years for Danilo. Like yeah. that's rough. That's the problem. Like they're locked down. Like their wings. I mean, between Toby and Danilo, you have you have pretty good wings. So yeah. many wings. You. So many wings. Um, this is it's it's weird because they've got two picks here, and I don't see either one of these guys being. They, they neither one of them needs to step in year one mm-hmm. for this team to compete because they were almost a playoff team. This if year. they're healthy, they're yeah. a playoff. I mean, period. If they're healthy, they're a playoff team. Period. For like sure. they were that good. Um, we watched Lou Williams turn on the Jets this year, and mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he fell off late in the year, but to be fair, like the whole team kind of fell off the face of the earth late in the year. Mm-hmm. The question for me is the whole Austin Rivers, Avery Bradley thing. Like, what do they do with that situation? I mean, do you think Austin will accept the 12.6 for the player option? Do you think he thinks he's worth more money because daddy's still in charge? Well, I, the 12 Jerry po- West is in charge. See, the, the 12.6 <laughs> is, since it's a player, I think he takes it because let's look at the money that was out there. A guy like mm-hmm. Lou Will, who's more valuable, got eight. You say so, more valuable. I don't know. Really? Yeah, really. I mean, Lou Will is probably the best, one of the uh, top he, five. He's a top six, six man, yeah. Six man. So, I but mean, where do you where do you, is a starting shooting guard. But how, how quality of a starting shooting? How, how, how quality good. of a but, but, like? Where would you put him? Like, if you're ranking him, like, do you think uh, he could be probably a, a playoff fifteen? I, I okay. without looking and that's anywhere, pretty, I'm guessing decently high. I, I think he's probably between fifteen and twenty. I so, think what do you think his value would be worth? Like, do you think he'll get more is than twelve the money mil? available right now mm-hmm. this year? I think that's what plays into it. I think if he, I think he should take the player option this year, and then next year's class. There's a ton of money coming off the books for every team. There's a ton of top talent out there. So even if you're not the first guy off the board, you're going to get paid. I just think that, you know, what do you do with Avery Bradley then? Well, do you let him walk? Well, that's the thing is he wasn't great. And, and you he was not. You don't know what – he wasn't great in Detroit, wasn't great in L.A., wasn't healthy. So, R- Ricky, I mean, we saw Avery Bradley on Boston mm-hmm. be phenomenal. We saw a lot of guys on Boston be phenomenal. The really guy, only guy to find success outside of – Boston has been Kelly Olynyk so far. Weird to say, um, but I mean, do you think that Avery Bradley is a product of Boston, or do you think he just had a bad year and could still be a very good NBA starter? Because I, I think I, it comes down to coaching. Because with career wise, mm-hmm. I'd say that I would rather have Avery Bradley over Austin Rivers. I mean, I hate I hate to say this. I would also agree with you. I'd rather have Avery Bradley over Austin Rivers. Rivers takes the player option because really, it's like. Doc isn't really in charge anymore. It's Jerry West is in charge of this team. And if you don't take that player option, you're either getting a low salary or you're not coming back next year. I would rather have Avery over Rivers. The one thing that I think this kind of almost becomes moot, though, is because if there's any deal for Kawhi that happens in my mind, it is the Spurs getting these two picks. I'll go ahead and say it. I'll go on a limb. Spurs are making these two picks. He is going to get traded to the Clippers, and that is going to boost them into the playoffs for sure next year. Are you are you fucking kidding me right now? No, Kawhi Leonard like, to the Clippers. <laughs> the Clippers are not going to make this pick. The Spurs are going to be there. I've said it from the beginning. Like the Spurs don't have to trade them this offseason. They can wait. However, the thing that's going to come down to Clippers are going to say, "I'll use the trade that I had." Tobias yeah. Harris, both these picks, maybe even a future. The Spurs are going to look and go. By the trade deadline, are we going to be able to get this big of a haul? 
No, they're going to make the deal and take their young players. All right, hold on. But why is the 12 and 13 more valuable than what we said at the Cavs at that eight spot? Because, because also done, you're not trading them inside the Western Conference. Because it's two, first off, it's two players over one. Yeah. And two, if it's done before the draft, maybe the Spurs can package those two picks to move up then in the lottery. But That's if you're already, Spurs like. I mean, it may, and we talked about the Kings. You know, at seven possibly wild wanted card to move, move that. Mm-hmm. But again, if if you're getting offered the eight and you're still getting offered players like I, I, I know Toby's better than I say Toby put up like almost no, ninety. No, and I love Toby. And I think Toby's a shooting percentage. And I think Toby's a great fit on the Clippers. That's why I don't think they need to move. That, I, I think I the Clippers I, I think with the Toby upgrade from from Toby to Kawhi is smaller than it would be. Or well, it's less Toby, valuable. Toby, and two picks. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying like the, the Clippers grabbing. Uh, Kawhi over Toby. I think the upgrade level there is very small compared to, and I know that's super disrespectful to Kawhi in some people's I minds. think it's bigger than you might think it I, is. I think that that's not worth making the move. Well, I think giving up two draft picks plus Toby is asking a lot. That's what I'm saying, is, is that the, the Toby, Kawhi's a clear upgrade oh, yeah. over Toby. Absolutely. No one's arguing that. I don't think Dave's mm-hmm. trying to say no. that. Um, but Toby and the two picks... Is something that I think is 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 way too much. Yeah. Um. And because you're getting three players there, three starters, and Toby's still on a decent contract. Here's the thing yep. I forgot. Here's the thing I forgot. In the deal, they're sw- They're getting they've the got eight. a swap. They've yeah. got to give the eight. So up the, the, clip, the Clippers, the Clippers get, get the, get the, the San Antonio pick too. I okay. still don't think that's enough because it all uh, com- maybe not well, enough. But I, and I, for the Clippers side, it all comes down to what do you think? You are a fringe playoff team. What do you think is going to get you into that playoffs? Are you going to just take your two guys? You know what? If we're not in the playoffs next year, that's fine. Or is it like, hey, man, we were close. Let's get a Kawhi Leonard. He wants to come to a major healthy, market. Period. And like, we're going to make a push for the playoffs. I, I think that they're— again, You get Kawhi. Maybe someone else wants to them come. Maybe you get a PG-13. You don't have money because you're well, locked in with a horrible contract to Danilo Gallinari. True, but I'm talking about, like, next free agency. Maybe not they're PG-13. They're still locked in. <laughs> yeah, Danilo's still got two years, I think it is. At 21 and 22 The question million. is, do you just sit around or do you make a move for Kawhi but to try to But you're not compete? sitting around. That's the thing is— is, is your building box we look at we You're getting two building blocks of this team— Toby's still 26 mm-hmm. years old. Again, I'm not trying to ba- bash Kawhi Leonard. We don't know what his current health is. We don't know where he's at mentally. We don't know what he wants. And if you're trading Toby and two picks, you're, the ability to build around him, which he's complaining about right now mm-hmm. in San Antonio, is taken away. And I just think that, again, with what Jerry West has done throughout his career, it hasn't been, let's get assets and yep. trade them. It's, let's take those assets let them sit, oh, and let's grow a team. And I, and I think they have the ability it. to do that in two picks and Tobias Harris. Here's one thing I feel. It's weird saying that I wouldn't accept Tobias Harris for Kawhi Leonard. Me right? personally, <laughs> this is how I feel. Yeah. Either the Clippers make this trade and get Kawhi this offseason, or the Spurs aren't. If they don't trade him this offseason, they're not going to be able to trade Kawhi because if we get closer to the trade deadline, teams are going to go, eh, no, no, we'll give you this. And the Spurs will be like, no. And they'll be like, well, you know what? We're in the driver's seat because we know we can get him at the end of the season. And if he gets to free agency, he ain't going to the Clippers. He's going to be wearing purple and gold. But I don't think that – I don't know about the purple uh, yeah, and gold. Yeah, I don't know. Um, be a Laker. I don't know. I just – I, I, first off, I don't think Kawhi's getting traded. I, I think I think I don't think that's happening. I'm, I'm flip flopping so much. I don't <laughs> think he's going to get traded. Um, I, I think he's going to be a spur. He's going to continue to be a spur. We don't know the situation, so I can't say he's going to get traded. Um, and I, again, I just I don't think the Clippers should do that move. And I, I think they should take the two players, 
They should take Tobias Harris, and they should go into next season because I still think they're going to be a playoff team. I still think that they're growing, and they're still young with Toby, those two players. And, and, and again, they're trying to get rid of that Blake CP3 mm-hmm. and DeAndre stench um, and the Doc Rivers stench, and I think that it's just going to – they need to just – get new players in, and start changing the culture. Yes. And I think that's what Jerry West is trying to do. And again, Kawhi Leonard's a fantastic player, but we just don't know where he is. And we don't know the situation where I, I just don't think that trade's going to happen. It's definitely a possibility, though. Yeah, no, I could see them moving more guys that they've got stuck under contract to try to get out from them. I could see them going, like, no, I'll accept like a 24 pick. I'd do that for a guy like Wes Johnson. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, shit, you might 28. Like, whatever it is, like, I could just see them trying to get pieces back because, like you said, if they're in rebuild mode, that's one thing. But right now, healthy, that's a playoff team mm-hmm. in the West, which yep. is hella respectable. So I, I don't think that you pull the trigger and get mortgage a large portion of your future, which you you know set up by moving Blake Griffin out of town to go ahead and just slide in Kawhi, which is an upgrade, but not enough to make you beat you know a top level team in my mind. Yeah, that's the thing is you're getting rid of the guys that would help Kawhi. Yeah. You're getting. Three, well, that's three assuming that you can lock him down really. because yeah. this is not a guarantee of a contract. This mm-hmm. is a guarantee of he's forced here to play one year. And Toby's still locked down. I mean, Toby just it's just re-upped. So, so. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Anyways, uh, any final thoughts on the Clippers, either the trade nope. or players? I sort of, if, they, if they're going to move pieces around, I would like to see Zaire Smith go here. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be an awesome add to this team. And because they've got the two picks, I think that's someone you can develop. Who would they get rid of? Shea or Mitchell? Would they go... I would probably say you can live without Shea. Okay. I think, well, he has upside. Uh, he's not special enough for me to keep. But you're still going Shea and Mitchell Robinson I would, 12 and 13. Right now, I'm still going Shea Mitch. So that's interesting because I'd go more towards, if I wasn't going guard center, I'd go at what you were going with, point guard and then the forward. Mm-hmm. Because, again, DeAndre mm-hmm. Jordan, we don't know if he's going to accept it. Yeah. Right. 22 mil is still a lot of money for him. Uh, anyways, let's move to the final team, the Denver Nuggets. If we don't spend enough time on this, I, we apologize because this is like a two-hour, thirty-minute podcast. Uh, we just cruise right through. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna start off. Final mm-hmm. pick, Denver Nuggets taking Zaire Smith. Dave just mentioned them. The uh, forward out of Texas Tech. This kid uh, looks to be every bit athletic, uh, as the word is defined. Uh, showed uh, a, a good shot at Texas Tech. Uh, showed a lot of versatility, both offensively and defensively. Um, looking at the Nuggets, they got Will to throw Barton. They got Wilson Chandler um, at that three spot. Um, I, I think that he could be a, a really solid player there at the three. And when Gary Harris uh, isn't on the court, he could also probably play the two as well. So he's a guy that could float between the two and the three. And I really like Zaire Smith there because he brings athleticism. And pairing him with Jamal Murray, uh, mm-hmm. Nicole Jokic, and also uh, Paul Millsap could be a really fun line- lineup. And Gary Harris, too. So I, I think Zaire Smith is a nice fit there for Denver. I think they're going to not pass up on that potential and that, that ability to mold a player in there in uh, Zaire Smith. Ricky, who you got to go with? I'm going to go similar position, different player on goal, Miles Bridges. This is one where, I mean, yeah, I know Wilson Chandler's there. He's probably going to take his player option for next year. But after that, he's a UFA. You get a guy like Bridges. Then at that point, if you want to get rid of Chandler, you can. And Bridges can move right in to be your starting three. David? Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly between the two of you. I'm on the fence. Like, I love <laughs> Zaire Smith. I think he's got more potential. I think Bridges comes in NBA ready, though. Yeah. And this, this, is, a, this team, is a Denver team that I think could be a playoff team. They were competing year. for a playoff spot, and that's why I'm going with Miles Bridges. I they, think that, they were closer to the playoffs than the Clippers were. Yeah, well, yeah with the Clippers at the end were just really unreal. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, know. but even then, the Nuggets weren't healthy as, as well. Paul Millsap mm-hmm. got hurt. Paul Millsap versus, you know, three or four guards on your team being injured is a little different. 
No, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Paul Millsap, a guy they just paid money to, he was all, I'm just saying they yeah. also dealt with injuries. I got you, I got you. Nobody was healthy. But, yeah, no, I, I go Miles Bridges. I think he can come in and uh, steal a decent chunk of minutes his rookie year because he has an NBA body already. Uh, he's a second-year player. He's someone who has played on a good team in high-level circumstances in the tournament. Not successful either time, but still you have that experience. So I think that he could come in this team and add something serious. Three final rapid qu- uh, rapid, rapid uh, questions. All right, we just got to get them off. Uh, mm-hmm. Team most likely to trade their pick is? Kings. Uh, shit. I'll go Cavs. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cavs as well. I think that they they move their pick. Team that is most likely not in the lottery next year is Clippers. Clippers is too easy. I'm gonna go Clippers. with the. They take out the 76ers and Cavs clearly. Yeah, so put Brooklyn and Lakers in there. I'll, I'll go with the and Grizzlies. Detroit. You can add Detroit too. And Detroit. Yeah, and Detroit's definitely gonna be in the lottery. <laughs> Sorry, Detroit. I'm going the Grizzlies. That's you know, I'll be, I'll be bold. I'm. Crippers is too easy. I had from them five in my, to the remember, playoffs. I had them in my playoffs this year. I think I did too. <laughs> no, you guys yeah. made fun of me for it. Oh my bad. Yeah, they I put the Clippers. Die. In. I put the Clippers. They, in. they literally, yeah, was Devin never die. I know the Clippers probably won't be here, but I think the Grizzlies can have the biggest turnaround with health. I thought the Nuggets were and a high pick. I thought the Nuggets were a playoff team. They missed it by a game. Nuggets are in. Uh, I think it's clearly you guys the Nuggets. Are safe picks. I, it's not a safe TTFO. pick. It's not a safe pick. It up. is. They're literally the team that yeah, just I, missed. I love the Nuggets. I'm going for a team that's getting Luka Doncic Dave, and going to go to the playoffs. Am I Dave, saying they can't? No, but I'm just saying Dave, I love the Nuggets. He didn't ask what's your risky or what's your most bold pick. He yeah, I'm not saying stick your, your dick out on the table. Yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, final one is uh, which team will be picking number one next year? Uh, next not the Suns? year? Not the Suns. Not the Suns. Or which team will finish with the worst record? Not because you're not going to be the worst team in the league. Which team is going to finish with the worst record? Let's put it that way. Not not who's going to win the lottery next year because that's a different video. With conspiracy theories and tinfoil hats and Alex Jones impersonations. I love it. Which team is finishing with the worst record next year? Which team is back in the scenario? The Suns. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's hard to say not the Suns. It's not the Suns or the Mavericks. I mean, I think, I think both of them are going to be close. I think the Kings are going to pull away. I think the Magic. Brooklyn. If Oh, shit. Brooklyn has their pick again. Yeah. No, yeah, but last year was Brooklyn and Phoenix was the second worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem is Brooklyn actually has talent mm-hmm. this year. If they stayed healthy, it wouldn't have been this bad. Or Jeremy Lin. That's, that's why I meant. Like, they weren't yeah. healthy. Um, so my problem runs into. I think the Magic could blow it up. I think the Hawks could blow it up. I think both of these teams we could see right back at the top. Uh, it depends a lot on the moves they make during this offseason and going into the next year's draft because both have potential, mm-hmm. but both have also been known to underachieve and move pieces out who turn into be successful players. Again, I, uh, I, I, uh, I'm i saying poor Jeremy Lin. It's that poor guy. Oh, poor Jeremy Yeah, poor yes. Jeremy Lin. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's not same situation, worse situation. Pistons just fired Stan Van. I don't know what that team's going to do. So Stan, I think the Pistons are going to be a top five lotto team. They could move, you know, DeAndre. They could move to Drummond. Drummond. They and... could. I, they'd be honored to move Reggie Jackson. They'd be fucking thankful to move Reggie Jackson. Who would take Reggie Jackson? Nobody. At this point? Um. So I, I don't know what the, <laughs> that team's screwed. I think that team is. What? Are you kicking the balls? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, what the. F- fuck am I hearing? Yeah. Um. I, I. Yeah. I think that team is. I think that team. It sounds like you're I, playing I it on about the computer. next week. What's that? Can we get a can we get a Detroit topic next week? Yeah, people, we're, we're, no, we're getting week. a Detroit topic well, this I mean. week. Yeah. That's why I mean. this yeah. week on the, on the Fast Break Podcast, uh, special so edition basketball. of the Fast Break Podcast. Uh, that's going to wrap it up here on the uh, Fast Break, the special the special Lotto edition. I'll bring, I'll bring, the, I'll bring the ball back up here. 
Special Lotto Edition, you guys wanted it. We we're glad to bring it's it like to you. like two and a half you. hours. This is probably the longest podcast of it is. MVP history. Well, I don't know about The MVP early ones, history. we had some three hours. Yeah, MVP did. history, not the onside oh, kick okay. history. No, I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay. What's the I, longest? Do you know? Uh, I think it's your and I's draft one okay. for the onside kick. Well, that is like 213? Something like that. So I think I think this beats it, but we'll, also, we'll see what happens. Also, thing I wanted to mention <laughs> is uh, Sean's going to hate me for bringing this up, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. Should have brought it up at the beginning of the cast. I want you guys down below in the comment section. If you're still watching. Give you congratulations. Oh, Graduated from college this past weekend. Yeah, Congrats, man. Show Sean some love in the comments. Go get a job. Or on Twitter. Three years, in and out. <laughs> Go get a job. I would like to have this as my job. That's what I'm trying well, to do. We can do that we with your support. That's what we're so trying to do. Can I end the podcast? This is where I do <laughs> I that part. I just wanted to congratulate you, man. I love you. Thank you. And I, I love you too, Dave. Thanks. Uh, and if you do want to make this our full-time job, or help us make it our full-time job, bringing you great content on the reg, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. You want more lotto. Picks. We'll upgrade the lotto thing too. We'll get the whole thing with the vacuum and everything. Could you stop it. Yeah, we'll get the whole thing with the vacuum and everything. Uh, you know the the one Our the cool are thing, going to love the, the plastic tumbler. We'll get that thing. Uh, but head over to Patreon.com/slash/MoZero/Podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll spend your money wisely on uh, salary and uh, getting a, a better room. But anyways, uh, head over to Patreon.com/slash/MoZero/Podcast if you want to help us out. Also, check out MoZeroPodcast.com if you want to help us in a different way. Rep some merch. Uh, you can head over to the store. Also, check out Ricky's article that we've been mentioning about the Clippers, Spurs, the Kawhi Leonard trades uh, that he's thrown out there. Also, also, don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes, the Fast Break, the Onside Kick, the Prime Time Podcast, the Rick and Johnny Podcast. And also, if you're on YouTube, you helped us have a fantastic two months. Let's keep it going and also check out the Outcast, uh, the great new podcast here on Most of Our Podcasts with Buzz and Juice. Juice? We'll be back. Juice, man. In here, either on Thursday or Saturday, talking about LeBron James, talking about the Pistons, talking about the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. But for Dave Oster, Ricky Widmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We will see you later. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.